Hello and welcome to the Casual Hour, a podcast ostensibly about video games, but mostly about celebrity camos. I'm your host, Bobby Pease. Joining me... Did you say celebrity camos? uh, Cameos. There you go. Okay. Camaros. Camaros. (laughs) Celebrity Camaros. Like John Bernthal in Ghost Recon Breakpoint wearing those camos, man. With with his dog. His dog, Bam Bam. No camo, no sale. That's how I live my life. (laughs) If my bush light doesn't come in a camo can, I don't want it. Get it out of here. I don't want it regardless. Hey, speaking of bush, I'd like to announce uh, our, sponsor- <laughs> our sponsorship with the St. Louis Blues finally paid off. Those boys brought home the cup. Oh, that was exciting. That was really awesome. Yeah, very good. That was one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time. Sorry, I interrupted Watching you, Bobby. My- uh, please continue to introduce us. Yeah. Oh, let me. You want me to do the whole thing over again, or just go from where we just, left off? You said your name. Tell you said the your other name. Names. Who are say, we? Say the important name. Well, I'm Bobby. We know that these two fine these two fine gentlemen are Mr. Chase Kinnicky, the gamer on the go, and Johnny Johnny Amzich, the yep. Johnny Johnny making a camo in the name of this podcast. Bobby, do you smell burning uh, metal right now? <laughs> Yeah, I do. I've been smelling burning metal for a while now. Is that bad? <laughs> not making, good. No? I'm just, just making sure you're not having uh, some sort of uh, episode with, uh, with your brain. Um, yeah, what are we here to discuss, Bobby? What happened this week? We're here to... This is part two, Electric Boogaloo of E3. And last week that we got together, we talked a little bit about uh, what we hoped to see and what we thought we would see. And now... The the fucking honeymoon is over. It. We know what happened. We've seen it. We know it. We know it too well. Who's left standing? Who's disappointed? We're gonna decide tonight. Yeah, who's disappointed? Are you disappointed, Johnny? And me? I'm never not disappointed in you. Don't don't ask rhetorical questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, guys. That, that was a low brown move. I'm ready to dig into it. There were there were lots of things that made me very excited this year. Which I, you know, seeming what was going to be kind of a down year considering the absence of Sony, I actually came away feeling pretty good about E3 this year. So, yeah, for what it was set up to be, I think we got uh, some really nice, uh, some nice surprises yeah, in there. Totally. A few nice surprises. Uh, we got some of the known quantity, and I think E3 went on. You know, the way that we and they have announced the dates for next year. So as of now, there will. They're gonna. It gets to keep its job. Yeah. So far, a lot of time left. Bully for you, E3. Bully for you. Uh, so here's what we're gonna do tonight, gentlemen. We are gonna go through uh, kind of a high level overview of the shows, the pressers that we saw. We're gonna talk a little bit about maybe what you were impressed with. We're gonna uh, discuss a little bit about uh, what you maybe were surprised by, and then at the end of that, we're gonna give uh, some of our hot takes on what we were most impressed with for the show. And uh, for those of you who like list and order, we're going to do this in chronological order. Uh, you might notice one exclusion just right up front. So if you are here for the PC stuff, go ahead and turn us off and never come back because I don't think we'll ever, ever, ever be uh, discussing in grave detail stuff for I mean, the PC. Many of the games that we PC. discuss are also available on the PC, but we won't be discussing. Yeah, this is and PC. a lot of the stuff on the PC gaming show is coming to consoles. Exactly, but. But we just no- didn't really watch that show. Yeah. I, I did. Yeah, we just never Chris Tales looks really good. People should people should check that out. That looks awesome. That's all I have to say. 
we're not here to like shit on anybody by any means. It's just, it's not for, I don't think it's really something that we've ever been super passionate about. None of us play on a PC. We're all console or mobile based gamers. I think that that's, it would, we would not really feel, at least I wouldn't feel like I had anything relevant. Well, I feel like that all the time uh, to bring to that conversation. So we're going to focus more on uh, a lot of those other pressers that we, uh, we have besides that one. If that's cool with, with you guys, yep. it has to be. Otherwise, we got to stop the show. So you are locked in and loaded. You can't go anywhere. I, mean, I can't. The door's right behind me. No, that's an illusion. All right, let's, that's let's illusion, start. John. Who was first? So we had uh, e th- uh, I'm sorry, EA first at E3, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm having a rough Are you night okay? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not okay. I'm never okay. Uh, so EA had a really strange approach to E3 this year. They, they basically had a pre-recorded, uh, uh, I guess it was pre-recorded for the most part, like this. So here's what we're bringing yeah. in. This is the footage we got. Um, I don't think we have a lot to talk about outside of Star Wars. We're all huge Star Wars fans. We're... Was there enough here for you guys to to continue being excited for this game, or were you pushed away from this game? Um, what are your well, thoughts? Before we get into that, like I, EA's EA's just show showing in general was interesting to me. Like, yes, they they went to a more pre recorded. Hey, we're just going to show some stuff, but it also wasn't as uh, rigid and and uh, scheduled yeah. as something I mean, like had, a, something they, like a Nintendo Direct. Yeah. yeah, they had Greg Miller come in. Right. Who and interviewed Vince Zampella and another guy from Respawn, and then they showed a clip of the game. And then after that, I stopped paying attention because I don't play Apex Legends anymore, sure. and FIFA's known quantity. All the other things they're putting out this year are are known. You're either gonna get it or you're not. Sure. Um, what was there any surprise that there wasn't any anthem talk? No. No. Not not for me. I mean. I don't. I don't think that they were. At, I mean, that game. Like, I always forget. Like, that game hasn't been out very long, and it feels like it's been out for an eternity. And I, I think that the best thing they can do right now is just kind of keep their mouth yeah, shut. Yeah, keep their nose to the grinding stone until they try and yes. make it better. Until they're either ready to say that it's done, yeah. like it's not coming back, or that hey, just like every other big fucking game that you you put money into year after year that is a games as a service or some sort of massive online game they've all had a fucking terrible first yeah. year well it's i don't i don't well, know it's not going away like they they've announced they've no. announced content and even though they've kind of taken away the dates for that content right now they're not they're not going to get rid of it like that's because yeah. if they if they Here's, did they'd be opening themselves up to to lawsuits or class action stuff so it's not going Yeah, for away. sure. And I think I think at this point in time, like they they have maybe said a little bit too much in the past about like, hey, you know what? We fixed the loot. It's coming. We got it. We're, we're good. It's actually worse now. And I think that they've had to put their foot in their mouth far too many times. And then the Kotaku article came out, and that really just fucking blew the lid off of it. So I have to imagine it's still pretty traumatic inside the inner workings of Bioware. Sure. And. I would imagine that they are doing all that they can to control that fire and then come back out and say, here's what we're going to do. Well, it it is interesting. We'll get to it later, but how you compare and contrast a game like Anthem and how that didn't show up at E3 at all to a game like Fallout 76 and how Bethesda handled that in their press conference. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm excited to dive into that for sure. We'll get to that. But okay, Star Wars. Johnny, you you were saying. You mean Star Souls? Um... You know, it, it's Star Wars, 
It is a third-person action RPG. I will play it. Wow, biting commentary from, I mean, okay. from Johnny like, Amazon. They, they didn't choose the most exciting like vertical slice of the game to show off. You know, there's a lot of How do you how do you know? You you haven't seen anything else in that game. This is the only slice you've seen. I mean, as far as like the things that you would pick to present to the public, <laughs> I imagine there are far more grand and exciting things happening throughout the story of this game. One um, would hope. Well, can I let me just Really quick, like, if you could give me an elevator pitch of, like, what you wanted from this game. Like, what were your expectations when you heard Respawn is making a Star Wars game taking place after Episode 3 while the Jedi are being hunted down? You were, like, they had this big thing about, uh, like, be quiet, don't be seen, or something like along those lines that they were using in some of the tags for, for this game. So, what were your expectations I, I as Star Wars fans? All I knew was that Titanfall 1 and 2 are two of my favorite games that have come out in recent years. And they were shifting from first-person shooter to a third-person action game. Uh, and they're using the Star Wars license. And EA needs... And this is a canon story. This is canon. Yes. Yes. And EA needs to put out a good, well-received Star Wars game, considering how long they've had that license and how poorly they sure. have fared with it so far. Um I'm way more interested in this than I was in Battlefront 2. I'll say that. Um, yeah. And, like, I, I know Star Wars enough. I, I trust Respawn enough that I feel like, given what I was shown, you know, I know I'm going to play this game no matter what. So even if it wasn't the most right. exciting or even my favorite thing that I saw at E3, uh, I'm still happy to see that it exists. And it's, you know, in a playable state, at least the part yeah. that they showed. So, um, you know, I, I left I left from that feeling good because I could tell how much they cared about the project, the two people that were there, um, how passionate they are about Star Wars. So I feel good about it. What about Chase Kennedy? I, I expected to be blown away cause, because of Respawn's pedigree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I totally. really, really wasn't. Uh, not saying not yeah. saying that it looked bad or it was awful. okay. It, it, it was it an okay. fine. Yeah. It, yeah, and I trust Respawn to to make that game good, and that it, when that game does come out, I will probably buy it and I will probably enjoy it. But uh, thinking about when when you're talking about expectations and thinking who's making this Respawn, uh, I'm thinking about how they would take a, a Jedi's move set and put it into action with something mm-hmm. like a Titanfall, mm-hmm. and that means. Yeah, For me, it means totally. like a lot of wall running and a lot of, of that. And you did see you some did of that. You did see wall here. running. And it seemed slow as hell. And like for, for a game as fast paced as Titanfall 2, this looked really plotting. And and that bugged sure. me. And, and I couldn't get over it. And it, it seemed like. I, I don't mind if there are kind of stealthy elements to some of this mm-hmm. or, or going up and, and doing stealth kills on, on guys. And, and if. <laughs> If that's like a Dark Soulsy kind of thing that they're going for, that that's fine. But just the the movement around seemed really sluggish in general for what I expect a a Jedi to be able to move like. That is definitely being made by Respawn, the guys known for making super fast paced Titanfall. So that that was weird to me. Yeah, I think that's all. But for both of you guys, I think that's super fair. Um, 
this particular period in time in Star Wars is one that I've wanted more for a long time from. I, I mean, think yeah, it's a the really idea, interesting, but like has totally. great potential for cool new storytelling to be. To yeah, and I think I don't want to say I have like blind trust by any means, but I do feel pretty confident that by the time this game ships, we might get a pretty solid story from these guys at Respawn. Like I think that they are. I don't want to say that they're like in the peak of their game by any means, but I think that they're swinging in the right direction in a I lot mean, of other areas. Yeah. And I think they've had and some I, great. Momentum. I don't know if anyone involved in writing the campaign for uh, Titanfall two is involved in uh, fallen order. I'd have to look, but I mean, that is one of the better shooter campaigns I've played in, in terms of definitely like, yes, it, was, it might be the best shooter campaign I've played. And I don't, and I don't know if that's necessary because of the story. Right, it's, I mean, it's because of these incredible set pieces, and that every every stage you go to has another crazy gimmick to it that they continue to build on and and just give you these spectacles. And I think Star Wars can do right. the same thing. There are so many planets, there are so many powers right. and structures and things going on that they can yeah. absolutely do something endless like possibility. That. Yeah, and and from this slice that we saw, hopefully Johnny's right, and this is a more boring slice than than what some of the rest they didn't of the game say did. what part of the game it was right like how uh, far into it did they I think so I, I, now yeah, let I me remember. ask you guys what's your enjoyment level with the force awakens i'm sorry not the force awakens but force unleashed uh, <laughs> i liked it when i played it when it came out however many years ago that was yeah i um, only played a bit of the first one and and i yeah. i liked the idea of it more than i probably liked playing it but yeah i don't i don't remember that, if I beat it or not. I think that's. I've heard some comparisons of like visually that hey, it looks like it looks like the Force Unleashed, and I mean like it's a third person Star Wars game with lightsaber combat. Like, I think that that's kind of like a a blanket yeah, statement, like what else maybe do you a little do? bit. Like, yeah, I guess it looked like Jedi right. Academy too, because that, that's sure, just what that's it is. exactly what I would say. But I think in this case, um, you know, like I'm not a huge Dark Souls fan. But I do think that the idea of having a more intimate like battle with somebody with your lightsaber sounds pretty interesting to me. Totally. Like mow through the fodder, like get through the, the stormtroopers, like that makes sense. But as a Padawan or an early Jedi, which I believe you are in this game, I think that you should stumble a bit. I think that those battles should be a bit more trying, even if it is like an Inquisitor or uh, somebody with one of the what was the name of those? Is are are they arc staffs that were in the Revenge of the Sith? I don't remember. I don't remember. Like, Basically what you saw them fight against in yeah. this trailer. Yeah. Or this, this game. No, these were like from the like, from like General Grievous's guard. Like don't didn't those guys yes. have those kind of purple shock shock stick kind yes. of things? And I I think that like I'm really I am very excited about an intimate like combat between two people, uh, especially like if there are elements of the force being involved with it. I think that could be really, really cool. Um I'm hoping that like these slices open up into the worlds that you're talking about. I want to know more about the force powers and like, are there skill trees to enhance those? Like, do you get to craft things? Like, I want to know, like, are you build like, do you ever have an opportunity to build a lightsaber? Like those are things that I think would be really fucking cool that I love from KOTOR that I hope they bring some of those elements over into it. And we saw some of that. Like it's got my money. We saw like a lightsaber throw. We saw some, some powers. Sure. That was great. Um, And, and maybe, Maybe we're all just kind of in a Dark Souls comparison mode with every game that's coming out these right. days. Because you it, yep. it's a character action game. Like, you mm-hmm. could totally just say it's it's like God of War, which you could also say right. is kind which of is like, like Souls, dark, I guess. Like I, Dark Souls. Right. So, sure. uh, 
I would like to see my money's on a. Uh, Sorry, I didn't. Mean to I, I'd like to see more of it. I, I wanted. I want to know what that game's going on, how it works mechanically. I want to see more locations. I want to hear if the voice acting is all stilted like it was, or if that was just for Forrest Whitaker. I love Forrest Whitaker, but that was not the best voice acting job. It's no. nice that Saul have... Guerrero is still in there, and it ties you back to a story that they're that they're telling and grounds it somewhere. But that was that seemed pretty stilted to me. Yeah, so I, I've got a, just a few final thoughts on this that I wanted to get your, your takes on. One, I think that we're probably going to be looking at like a 15 to 20 hour game. If that I had to guess. reasonable, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, the second piece is, again, like this is the problem when, especially being big Star Wars fans like we are, like these are characters that like outside of Saul Guerrero, like we know this is canon and we know that we never see this character again. And I so assume he dies. My question... <laughs> We assume that he dies, right? But my question would be, do you think, because there's some pretty big names involved right now with like voice acting and character likeness, that in the, the midst of Disney announcing Disney+, Plus, that this could carry over and to become like a TV series or maybe like some sort of like mini-series that finishes up? Do you think the game is a starting point? Do you see any potential for this story going beyond like, uh, a video game? I, I doubt it, just because there are so many other Star Wars projects that are happening yeah. right now. They've they've talked about sure. the Knights of the Old Republic movie. We know there's a bounty hunter television show that's going on. We know there are other movies. There's another set of movies. There's Two another new set trilogies. of movies after that. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's uh, isn't the cool. isn't the one cartoon one still going on? Star Wars. Uh, Rebels? Rebels? That ended. Rebels. They've got a new one called Resistance, uh, which focuses on... A, uh, it's a, it's more of an anime style, uh, and it focuses on Poe Dameron and some oh, of the that's pilots. Right. I remember seeing a trailer for that. Yeah. I don't think it's gotten off the ground as uh, much as the other ones had, uh, but there is a return to the Clone Wars uh, coming back to, to, Netflix, or to Disney+. Plus. I'm sorry. Okay. And that will uh, put a nice uh, bookend on that wow, story. Wow, yeah. It's the third time they brought that show back. Yeah. Yep. So we've talked a lot about Star Wars, probably more than we should. But I just want to any closing arguments in favor of EA or this game, or are we discontent and we're all going to play I'm it? I, you know, they didn't have any a bunch of streamers giving presentations to people. So EA did better this year than they did last year. There you go. Yeah. Also, totally almost 100%, 100%, le- 100% less Anthem. They did better than they did last year. Uh, agree to disagree. Um, all right. So who do we have next, Johnny? Would that be uh, Microsoft? That's correct. Yeah. That is. You are correct, sir. Yeah, I got it right. Um, man, that was... I mean, that's... Who okay? Who we're we're each here picking like a thing that we liked from Microsoft. So who wants to go first and take the obvious one? Just just a thing. Uh, wake the fuck up, samurai. There um, you go. Yeah, God. that was man. For that was probably the moment of the show, right? That was of, yeah, of the whole thing. Definitely, that was the moment of it the show. It took me completely off guard. It was something that didn't get leaked mm-hmm. uh, somehow. After seven fucking years, man. Um, and then everything I found out after that show just made me appreciate the moment more. It made it feel 
you know, because it's easy to think, oh, you know, he's what? He played like a really small role. Like how much did he... For, for the uninitiated, Johnny is referring to Keanu Reeves' Keanu cameo Reeves in the Cyberpunk for the 20, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Um, and... Being a game that I have been extremely interested in since they teased that first almost still image back in 2015, I think. Maybe longer. I think it was sooner than um, that. I think it was sooner. Or, I'm sorry, later. Uh, or of, you know, the of earlier, V, whatever. I guess, who it would be with the Mantis arms and there's bullets flying everywhere. Um, you know, I was extremely eager to see more of this game and... While the what they showed off was you know a cinematic trailer didn't show off any gameplay, um, having Keanu show up at the end and then him walk out on stage uh, was just mwah, so good. And they and they have already showed gameplay. That was they last did year, last right? year. Yeah. So, so yeah, we kind of know what that game looks like and plays like. And yeah. this was more tone and more excitement. And then yeah. with Keanu for sure, it was a lot of flash. You you guys know my opinion on The Witcher Three. And, we do. We're and well CD aware. Project Red yeah. in general, and I even think last year I wasn't very hyped for Cyberpunk. Like it, it looked cool, but it just was so ephemeral. Still at that point, even though we did get some gameplay, that it was hard to care about it. And even though we didn't get mm-hmm. any new gameplay this year, uh, it still looks gorgeous. Uh, it's got that really cool moment of of Keanu, and and I'm more excited about it now than I was before. I, I'm sure I will play this game. There's there's a part of me that still is cautionary of, I, I, I don't know how it plays or how it'll feel. I, I know that Geralt didn't feel that great to just move around the world. I wonder how this, this character works instead. Jacket is stupid, but it's still great. Uh, yeah. And, and it's so in I, first person, you know, so it's... Right. So completely changing the perspective. One, one thing I just yeah. want to add to that is uh, there's obviously been some gameplay demo that people got to take a part in, and there was some Q&A with uh, some of the teams involved. One thing that I thought was really fucking cool, uh, and Johnny, I don't know if I'm taking the one out of your sales here, but you can pick it up, is that Keanu's character, Johnny Silverhand, is a pretty permanent character in this story. He has story. the second so much so, dialogue in the game. Yeah, he lives in your... He lives within you. He is a ghost or a memory of some sort. And the way that he kind of appears a little bit as a ghosted image and then is fully materialized in that cinematic. You can see him flicker a lot of how, on, into the frame on the screen, yeah. which I didn't notice the Absolutely. first time I saw that. Uh, but I got, like, the way I read that, if you are familiar with Mr. Robot or even with Fight Club, I think a lot of the Tyler Durden stuff and how that unfolded, I, I see a lot of that interaction with your character in the environment that you're in with Johnny Silverhand. And I think that that to me, like just to have that banter or to have that element into it already, like in a world that seems so fucking bizarre and like dystopian and crazy. And like, I just, I'm really interested in that world building. This is a really cool detail uh, from the showroom for that. I was getting from people. And Keanu is such an earnest actor that, that Mm -hmm. I trust him to go into that and actually give it his all and, and do a good job. Yeah. It's not, it's not like a, it's not like a Kiefer Sutherland as solid as a uh, as big boss. Sure, Spit it out. because ugh, speak I, right. It's like okay, he said he was in the booth for a day and then he peaced out and took his check. I like I trust Keanu to go in there and actually do the work yeah. and actually put his all into it. Uh, well, hearing and, hearing right stuff now. that you know people from the studio said about working with him, 
you know, he was making suggestions as to, you know, hey, maybe this is how Johnny Silverhands would deliver this line. And so they made it sound like he was very invested in the role once he figured out. That stuff gets me super excited. So uh, having someone like him involved in a game I was already extremely excited for uh, just made me even more excited. They do. And the cool thing too is we. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say they do have to add a line. They have to get him back in the booth and have him say something that's breathtaking. Yeah. In that game now. I know. You're breathtaking. I know. (laughs) That was so good. Uh, We got a release date for this game finally. Uh, It is coming out. April 16th, 2020, and there are already like some pretty cool collector's editions for it. If I was in a spot where I was collecting more memorabilia, I would probably be more into that because there's some really neat packaging and detail stuff with that, but it's just not like where I'm at anymore, so I'll I'll just grab the digital version of it. But I'm super excited about that game. I'm going to go ahead and just steal your thunder and say the same thing. Like For me, that was, I wanted to see more about Cyberpunk. I wanted the release date for Cyberpunk. I got to see a really awesome uh, cinematic that showed me more of how those characters interact with each other and the, what the world looks like. And then Keanu coming not only on the end of that cinematic, but coming out on the stage and uh, introducing more things to it was just really, really genuine. And I, I was very happy for them at CD Projekt Red because I believe in what they're doing. And also for, for Microsoft to have that happen on their stage, I thought was really cool. It was really a great way to kick off E3, and and sadly, it didn't seem, for me anyway, I don't think anything really lived up to it after that, from Microsoft or from pretty much anyone else. Um, There were a couple other things I liked at Microsoft, though, and and since you both took Cyberpunk, I'll I'll try to go over a couple of these things quickly. Uh, I thought the, the Forza Horizon Lego expansion it's was, so good. was pretty cool. I liked I was, that reveal. And that's out today, I started, yeah, right? I was playing this earlier. June 13th? Yes. Um, I liked the way they brought out the car in silhouette, and you go, "Oh fuck, Microsoft's doing the car thing again." What? Are you, come on, what are you doing? And then they roll the trailer, and it's like, "Yep, this looks like Forza Horizon 4." And then you hear the "Everything Is Awesome" song, and you go, "Oh shit, that's a great, yep. that's a great call." Yep. Fuck you, Hot Wheels. Who needs Hot Wheels anymore? We've got Lego. It's so good. Uh, it's so smart. It's so smart, and it carries really well. And then they come back from the uh, from the trailer and they reveal that the car that they brought out is actually completely built out of legos and that's i know such a such a good touch it it was a nice undercutting of our expectations and i appreciate that i I am looking forward to playing that expansion um what's it cost uh, johnny i i don't know because i bought the ultimate edition or whatever oh Oh, that's right i that's peasants probably 15 bucks yeah 15 sounds about right but we'll see um there were a couple of interesting indie titles in their ID and mm-hmm. Xbox stuff that I, I liked. They always have a nice montage of, yeah. here's a bunch of cool-looking video games. Uh, the ones that stood out to me, I had three. There was Spiritfarer, which was kind of that how to almost like how to build a boat uh, 2D RPG that had mm-hmm. some furry stuff in it. Uh, but I, I thought it had a good look. and, uh, and Because it had furries uh, in it? No, not because of that, but... Um, but uh, I thought it looked like it had some some heart and some charm. Uh, Totem Teller was was pretty cool. That was the one that kind of had a bunch of glitchy stuff, mm-hmm. uh, glitchy look to it. I really liked. Uh, there was Star Renegades, which was uh, looked like a pixel based RTS or like a tower defense game or something. That looked pretty cool. Uh, and then I don't think I don't think it was in the ID at Xbox section, but there was the. Uh, 
Away to the Woods. Yeah, the the deer game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, uh, that game. I I've been watching that one for yes. a while, and it was it's really fucking cool looking. Continues. It continues to look really good. So that was good too. Uh, I thought that new Tales game, Tales of Arise, looked pretty good. I have uh, I've barely played any of the Tales series, uh, but but that one looked noticeably smoother in the combat than mm-hmm. than any of the other previous Tales games I've seen, and that got me kind of excited. Uh, and then the weirdest announcement to me, oh, even I weirder. Than I know what you're Keanu gonna say. Reeves. I know what yeah, you're gonna say. Go for it. I know what PSO you're gonna say. PSO two. Fancy Star Online 2, a game that is over five years old, is coming over, right. getting translated. <laughs> you know, and that was almost more shocking to me than when Keanu Reeves walked out. So that, yeah, totally. <laughs> that game is it's, supposed uh, to... If you guys get a chance, they talk... Jeff Gersman from Giant Bombcast interviews Phil Schiller. Phil Schiller? Phil Spencer. And, wow, oh, damn it. I'm struggling tonight, for guys. Bobby. Let, let me just pause really quick. Here's what's going on. I... Uh, I was up super late last uh-huh. night recording an episode on the bounty board. I had to get up really early with Obi this morning, and uh, I, I work a nine to five. And I well, not really in this case, not a nine to five, but I had to work a retail job. And I I got off work super late tonight, and so I am kind of on fumes. And I apologize for the mistakes I'm making, but I, I I'm very very okay. tired this evening. Oh, I'm still hungover um, from my from my hockey team winning the Stanley Cup last night. So uh, I feel you. Fair. I had but three I also beers know last Phil night. Phil Spencer is so. Uh. So Phil Spencer was on, and he he discussed how this kind of came to be, and uh, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole and discuss it, but it's definitely worth a listen on how they got this on stage for their press. Those are always some really good um, interviews. Just yes, to, he excellent. he really yeah. gets uh, Phil to to actually open up and and be honest about yeah. stuff, and and it's they're questions that you don't usually hear answers to from somebody that high up at any of these companies. So it's really cool that they continue. Yeah. But this particular one uh, is really cool to check out. But I, I've never played this game. But I'm super excited about it. Uh, it looked fun. Yeah, I, I've played very little Fantasy Star uh, or Fantasy Star Online. Uh, these were fan- so the original Fantasy Star, I believe, is a Genesis game. It is, yeah. Wasn't it Dreamcast at some point in time? That was Fantasy Star Online. Yeah, and, but they originally started as single player RPGs, just just JRPGs, and they're on iPhone. They, they yeah, that's yeah, where I they, played they, it. They did get moved over there at some point, and they're also on the uh, the Genesis collections. Uh, on this, on the is this something you get, you guys are going to get? PSO two, it's going to be free. So sure, yeah. I guess I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, I'm I'm not an MMO guy, other than Destiny. If you call Destiny an MMO, which it rapidly kind of is becoming, but I. Sure, I'm. I'm interested in in seeing he, PSO. He drew some comparison to Destiny, uh, specifically on the strikes and how he feels that PSO was a really. Um, he didn't go like in a lot of detail on this, but he did definitely for sure draw a comparison of Destiny strikes. Kind of are, are are birthed from some of the elements of PSO and how they they brought that to, to uh, yeah, be. Yeah, I believe that. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's anime as as hell. So you know I'm. I'm already sure, all interested, about it. but uh, but yeah, like Fantasy Star has a, a pretty rich history, and seeing a game like PSO2 come out over here after so long is is more just after intriguing it's been fan translated for years. Yeah, it's, it's just it, yeah, it's a very odd thing to do, and I'm somehow excited for it, or at least 
really intrigued and interested to see totally what that game is like and how it works because they they did say it's going to have cross play with with pc uh yeah. so there's going to be a bunch of people out there who have already put a bunch of time into it there's going to be a bunch of high level people out there and it's going to get this big influx of new players coming from xbox and and it's going to be weird so i kind of just want to see what happens another spring 2020 uh, a really quick uh, addition to the, the, the Lego stuff really quick for Forza. Uh, if you are an Xbox Game Pass member, I'm reading here on uh, the, the Xbox site, you get a 10% discount on that. And uh, for those of you who are listening, if you haven't taken advantage of it yet, uh, you can get Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for a dollar right now. So spending a dollar nuts you 10% off of that. So and what is Xbox Game bad... Pass Ultimate, Bobby? I'm glad you bring that up because it also transitions into you another announcement. So... Well, the question I should ask, or you should ask. Um, so Xbox Game Pass Ultimate is a melting pot of Xbox Live uh, and Game Pass. It is $14.99 a month. And one of the nice things about this service is it also includes, if you are a PC gamer as well, uh, Game Pass for PC, which was announced. 100 games are available on Game Pass for PC. It's a different list of the games that are available currently on Xbox consoles. But uh, if you are an existing Game Pass and Xbox Live member, there's some really interesting ratios and uh, math that they do here to combine those and extend your membership based off of that. Uh, one little workaround, if you are interested in doing it, apparently like Xbox Live Gold membership is a big waiter or a big weight in uh, how they they analyze this. So you can potentially purchase xbox live memberships are around 50 bucks and get like your 12 months so you can spend i don't know 50 bucks to 100 dollars and extend out for a few years your xbox live membership do this dollar uh ultimate game pass and it'll convert all that over and still net you all that service for a buck which is really really cool if you are somebody who's tapped into the services that they're offering at microsoft um so with that being said they introduced this just a little bit before the show, but they talked about Gears 5. They showed a trailer for Gears 5. They Did gave they, you, though? Uh, some of the st- that trailer for I Gears mean, they, 5 was nothing. It reminded me a lot of the trailer set to Mad World that came sure. out for Gears. For, for a game that's really close to coming out in the grand scheme of things, for them to not really show anything about the game was, was odd. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't disagree. Yeah, Terminator's in it. One of, the things, one of the things that's interesting that they're doing with their Game Pass, this is the first time I've seen them do something like this. So Gears 5 comes out on September 10th. Uh, there's a few different versions of this game that you can purchase. If you are a Game Pass member, uh, not Game Pass Ultimate, you will get that game on September 10th yeah. as it is released. If you are a Game Pass Ultimate member, however, you get this game four days early, and you get the Ultimate Edition of the game uh, to download on Game Pass. It also includes, if you if you pre-order this game or if you download it on Game Pass, you do get the Terminator T-800 uh, endoskeleton and Sarah Connor for the upcoming film Dark, uh, Terminator Dark Fate. I don't know if that's anything that you guys care really about. Exciting. I don't even know if you guys care. <laughs> I don't know if you care about Gears 5 at all. Nope. Uh, no. But that is something that, that they're doing where they're adding a benefit to those members of their service, which 
Which, I mean, makes sense. As a guy... So that was something... As a guy who used to really like Gears, like Gears 1, 2, and 3, I was a big fan of, and I tried playing 4 and just did not enjoy it at all, and I'm, I'm just kind of done. Uh, yeah, I can... I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, I played uh, Gears 1 and 2 religiously, and I didn't play Judgment. Uh, I played, like, the beginning, like, hour of 4, just when I got Game Pass for the first time, and it was fine. I never went back to it. Uh, I'll probably do something similar with Fox. And it's really it's really um, similar to, for my arc at least, with Halo, and, and that's probably something else we should bring up. But I, it was, I loved the Bungie games, and then when it went to 343, I feel like it really lost something. And, and it, I think the same thing know. went for Gears and Epic, and when Cliff Blazinski was working on it, it had like a real strong vision and a strong idea. And, and then once it became the Coalition, it just, I, I don't know. Now we're getting gears pop, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you guys about a game called Bleeding Edge. Were you at all interested in what Ninja Theory was doing with this IP? I honestly forgot that was a thing. Yeah, uh, So this was the one that leaked. Uh, somebody did an off-screen confidential. It looks like, uh, oh, it's like Overwatch an Overwatch mixed with Borderlands. Vibe. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It, it's got a really cool style to it. I like the character designs quite a bit. Um, I don't know if this is something that like I, I really care much about, but it is something that will be included with Game Pass, uh, I believe. And uh, that's pretty exciting. It will be, because they're their first-party um, studio. Yeah. If, if, Chase, I'm, I, Chase, what's your thoughts on that Dragon Ball Z RPG? I, I mean, I like the way it looks. Uh, from the people who've said yeah. they've they've touched it and have seen a little bit more of it, it sounds like it might not be so good. Wait, sure. A bad Dragon Ball game? Yeah, I know. What? You, we well, we've been we've been foiled now with a really good one. With that one good fighters. one, they. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Infusion. Sorry, Dragon Ball. That's true. I love. I do. Johnny. Love what? Elden Ring. Are you excited about Elden Ring? I am. Why? How? So Elden, they, they, they uh, didn't show anything. They showed two things that Johnny needed. They showed From Software and George R. Yeah. R. Martin, and that guy. That's all I need to know. Signed. That's all he needs to know. Uh, um, you know, uh, there's not a lot of solid information on that game. No, it's it is an open world game. Uh, yep. So it sounds like it won't be interconnected like your traditional FromSoft games or in a very linear path. Um, Miyazaki wrote the story. George R. R. Martin handled more of the mythos and the you know the general lore of of the yep. universe, and you know it's been in development. I I learned today um, from one of my favorite Souls YouTubers, uh, Vadi Vidya, did a video about it, and it's been in development since the last Dark Souls three DLC, which was in twenty seventeen. So I oh. don't think it's unreasonable to expect this game. To come out next year sometime. Um, yeah, you're right. They didn't show much, but just based off of Enough my love of George R. R. Martin and my love mm -hmm. of Souls and Miyazaki, like I, I want to know more. Um, it was also a bummer yeah. that this game leaked in multiple ways beforehand. It did. One by yeah. George R. R. Martin himself True. going like, "Hey, by the way, I'm working working with video games." And then the next one being the Bandai Namco leak of just everything they showed, everything yeah. they were going to show. Yeah. That was 
Um, you know, that would have. I think that would have been a really great moment if that was an absolute surprise. That would have just totally. been a holy shit! What the hell's happening? And it 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 ended up just yep. being. It 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 took what what I mean made it like what what would have made it a special moment and deflated it for sure. Right, which um, made me want more from the rest of that trailer, which gave me nothing. So, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It it was tough to get too it excited was, about it because it I was as vague it, so. as every other from soft trailer ever is. When yeah. like, sure. Um. Uh, so there's one more game I want to talk about before we get, we talk about Halo, and that's the Outer Worlds. Um, New Vegas in space. New Vegas in space. Which I'm totally how, how are we feeling? <laughs> yeah, I mean that that sounds great. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a shorter game than than those more mm-hmm. sprawling Fallout. RPGs. Which I am fine with. Totally fine with. Yeah, I'm like, great with I'm, that. I'm looking forward to seeing Obsidian. I mean, I was excited about this game the last time they showed it. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah. hearing hearing a little bit more about it, I'm it, I'm perfectly perfectly happy to play that game. Uh, I lied. One more, really quick. Twelve minutes looks really fucking cool. That's it. All right. Uh, and so Halo, Halo Infinite, we got a little bit more from the just, this game. Sorry, we saw just real cinematic. Quick. They're making a Blair Witch game. I'm just that's yeah. they are making. That's wild. I don't care about the Blair. I thought Witch it was Alan all, Wake when I saw the and a new Battle Toys. <laughs> anyway, Halo. Yeah. We're not going to cover every game Halo, here. Man. Finish the fight. So, Again. No. So, nope. Johnny, I I think you might be one of the biggest Halo fans that I, I know. Yeah. Halo is and, an extremely important franchise to me, and I have played and enjoyed every game in that franchise except for Halo Wars, which... How, how many books have you read from Halo? At least three. Okay. I've also read at least three. He passes. <laughs> So help me out yeah. here, guys. It looks it looks like this game is taking place maybe after Halo don't Three. Ask no. any, don't ask me about anything from the it story. It takes place after Halo Five. Uh, what happens at the end okay. of Halo Five? Cortana uh, goes rampant, right? And she, uh, I think she like she does something to the other AI within the UNSC and. Uh, from the looks of it, while Chief has been floating in space taking a power nap, uh, the halo ring that this uh, gentleman was orbiting has been blown up. Um, so, I mean, there, like, there's not much we can really glean from it other than Chief needs to come back and kick some ass. Halo uh, Five yeah. was when you had the the small group of UNSC soldiers, like the not. I don't think they were ODSTs. No, but, they were Spartans. Like, it was they were Spartan okay, Force. So like, oh right, yeah, they made a new Spartan. Jesus Christ. Um, so those guys mm-hmm. went to go find Chief and had like some showdown. Yep. And that and then, that's when he like activated Cortana and she did her rampant stuff. And I don't know how he got to space, but it's been yeah. a while since I played it, and it's the details yeah. are a little fuzzy. Uh, Johnny, I'll play it with you. It's multi. It's co-op, right? I tried Maybe. to replay it. Yeah. Oh, you mean oh five? Yeah, five. I think. Yeah, yeah. I play through five again. Uh, as long as we do it on easy, because I hate that fucking boss. You have to fight like <laughs> six times, and he's yeah, that terrible. Wasn't, that wasn't good. Um, okay. if, I, if I was going to replay a Halo campaign, it would be reach. one through Reach. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this game was also announced to come out holiday alongside Project yeah. Scarlet, which is the new uh, hardware from it Microsoft. Will also come out on Xbox One. Did they say that? Correct. They, uh, yes. 
they said that whenever um, they first started off, but then also during uh, Giant Bomb's talk with Phil. Okay. With Phil. He said, right, this is I, coming out on yep. Xbox One and Project Scarlet, so if I buy it on... Anyway, yeah, it's going to okay. come out on both. Okay. So Project Scarlet was announced, uh, long rumored, finally unveiled. They, they, they discussed some of the hardware components that they're bringing to it. It sounds really, really beefy. Uh, they also said and confirmed that uh, xCloud will also live beyond a subscription service, but you can actually turn your current Xbox Xbox console into a you server that you'll be able play? to remote play. Who would have thought it? Um, novel idea. So that be, doesn't, and that will be available sound, this October. Just sound exactly like everything Sony said. Uh huh. Um, I mean, that's the thing. And they also he talks a little bit about that too. Like rather uh, again, like not to keep saying go listen to that giant bomb interview, but go listen to that giant bomb interview. Uh, it's a very intimate conversation about like the current state of where hardware consoles are at, where the the current state of the internet's at, where the current state of like tariffs on consoles are at, and like what kind of decisions that's causing these developers to make. Uh, it's really insightful and it's really intimate. Uh, it's a great detailed look at some of these lingering burning questions. Well, without having heard that, the 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 thing that I took away just from watching the press conferences was cool, these consoles are more or less the same, which means that developers are going to keep being able to push the hardware and not feel like they have to hold back for one system or the other. Like right. They're, bo- they're right. both going to have SSDs. Awesome. That, that's going yep. to allow them both to load a lot faster and them to do a lot more things. We saw what Sony talked about with the Spider-Man demo they gave to uh, Kotak- or Wired uh, when, when mm-hmm. that stuff was leaking out. Uh, so Sure, like this all sounds fine. Remote play is apparently a godsend for a lot of people, and my internet is shitty enough that it doesn't work for me. So, whatever. Um, but right. I think what else got me excited from the Microsoft standpoint is that they they didn't say explicitly, but they did mention uh, about four generations of Xbox, mm-hmm. which which leads me yeah. to believe they really care about backwards compatibility. They have cared about backwards compatibility lately with with Xbox One and and all the games that they've put on there. So I could totally see that moving into Scarlet as well, especially if they're saying something like Halo Infinite's going to come out on both consoles. Uh, So so that's all good to hear. And you know what I'm going to say if if they fix if they fix the the UI menus for for the dashboard and make it not run like trash and make the controller feel a little bit better i'm happy to jump back into xbox but they've got to they've got to show me that first because i'm i'm really i still really like my ps4 sure and that's fair i i think one thing that they did mention they they introduced the the second generation elite controller yeah and in doing so they were really quick to discuss that this is going to function on project scarlet as well as the current lineup of xbox one controllers and accessories and I think that's really exciting. I don't know if they're going to do like, hey, this is a Project Scarlet version of an Xbox controller, if they're going to change it up, or if they're going to say, we've got a controller we're, we're happy with, we're going to we're going to focus on other things, but you can continue to use those controllers. I don't really know. Um, hell, they might even open up to say, use a fucking DualShock 4 on this thing if you want. Who cares? Um, so Sony, Sony with that cares. being said, that's, that's who. Sony, Sony might care. Well, hell, you can use that on an a iPad and iPhone come this fall. Uh, all right, that, that should wrap us up for Microsoft. Overall, uh, 
I think that they had a pretty strong showing. They, they did 60 games on stage. They introduced new hardware. They talked a little bit about the future of xCloud. They introduced a new service with Game Pass Ultimate. And they also introduced Game Pass for PC. Um, it was certainly a stronger not a showing whole, than Sony. Absolutely. Certainly a stronger showing than Sony. Sony might as well not show up. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. Moving on. Something uh, completely we different. Are, who do we got, Chase? Oh, you know, it's my favorite. It's Bethesda. Beth is back. Better so than ever, to make, right? To make this press conference even worse, I was watching game six of the Stanley Cup finals. The, the one where Ooh, the boy. Blues got absolutely shellacked. Ooh, and I had this on mute while I was trying to watch the game. So I was kind of hate watching two different things at the same time. Why would you do that to yourself, Chase? Right. That's a good question. Uh, but then later I, I watched it with with the sound, so now I can understand some of the memes about the, the Japanese lady that everybody likes now. Yeah. So here's the thing. I, I'm going to kick this Go off and let you guys take it away. I wanted one thing from Bethesda. I thought that they Justice. needed to finally wanted Todd Howard to come out on stage. Every person in the audience <laughs> is given a billy club, and they get to <laughs> whack him once in the head with it. And then they get to take home that Billy Club, Billy Club in a canvas bag. Or a blackjack. Even better, a blackjack. A little leather-covered yeah, metal ball. That's exactly ball what I wanted. That you see in the cartoons no, I, where they whack the guy in the head. Here, here. Look, I don't know the first thing about developing a video game. I don't know the first thing about like reaching multiple audiences to engage them with, with sure. something that they once liked mm-hmm. and change it up. What I do know a lot about is making mistakes and trying my best to like Wait, navigate. Through. You mean releasing a game well before it's ready? When you are you are not obliged to anyone because you are both the developer and the publisher, so you could just delay this game for six, eight, ten months until it's actually like a decent product and not. And you know what? Maybe Johnny, maybe I fucked up and I got a little excited about what I was working on. And I put or, it out too soon, or and I, maybe and I made you feel terrible you, for playing. You care it in so that little for your fan base that you know they will buy any flaming piece of shit you put out there. Wow! And and just deal with it. Just take one up the rear and hey, deal with but it. But you know what, Johnny? I make Skyrim, so you should be really happy with like, that. Like I, I thought I hated Bethesda the most, and now I don't think I did. <laughs> like I don't. actually. Thought this press conference overall was relatively interesting. I mean, it, it was fine, but it just like here, I'll button it up. <laughs> on that note, I think that they came out. Todd Howard walked his happy ass out hey on guys, stage. Hey, guess what we did? We put out a game before it was ready. Whoops! Man, yeah, I fair criticism. I thought he was pretty humble about it. He's like, yeah, yeah we. That's what he, I'm saying. He came like, out. He, he, he out. knew. He had to know how fucking broken that game was before they put it out. Absolutely, yeah. but and it also wasn't. It was it not. It also wasn't necessarily. De- it wasn't completely developed by them either. Right. Like he he is not. The, I, he should not be the face of that game, but he's the face of that game because of last year, and so he had to come out again this year and and you know do his mea culpa thing. And, and I think oh shucks, it was fine. It, it, it whatever. Was, yeah. Yeah. He did. A, he he looked. They did a nice job trying to make an about face. They've essentially said the game didn't meet our standards and apparently didn't meet yours either. And hey, they uh, fixed it. feel bad about They're that. They're bringing human NPCs in the game and, now. And Battle Royale. Human yeah. NPCs and the, Battle the Royale. Because the Fallout is Ooh. so fucking great that why wouldn't I want to play a Battle yeah. Royale mode in Fallout? It. 
<laughs> so I think, and they also currently right now, so to, to date our show, it is currently June 14th. That game is available for a few more days if you are listening to this podcast in real time with us somehow. You can play that game for free. You can test out Fallout 76 right now. Yeah, and because you are a tester for that game because it's so fucking broken. You are a tester. Now, in their defense, which is paper thin, I don't think a lot of people who set out to do something as uh, ambitious as a massive online multiplayer game in this generation has had much success on their first outing. And a lot of these require some retooling, but they knew better because... I mean, shit. A lot of people maybe don't use the same engine you've been using since fucking Morrowind to try and shoehorn in that potato. That potato is nice. What? What are you doing? All right, can we can we move on to other stuff in the Bethesda conference? Because I I actually think the Bethesda conference had some cool stuff to talk. about. Doom, Doom, and Wolfenstein. Yes. No, that's not even the highlights. I agree. Those aren't the highlights, but they those were good things. They were good things. I agree. Chase, take me to the things I love. I mean, uh, I wait. Does that mean we're skipping over Doom and Young and Youngblood? I mean, I think we can talk about it. I thought it's kind of known quantity at this point in time. Was there anything that they showed that you didn't know? Uh, I, I think it's more hearing about how Doom plays and how they've ex- expanded okay. the arsenal of things that you can do and how that game flows from. Uh, incentivizing you to use one kind of power, like, hell, you should use melee hits now to charge up to to get your health. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you should do this other thing to get armor, and you need armor so you can do more of this. And and I like the way that flow state works. I, I honestly had uh, some issues with Doom 2016. I I found the, the level design to not quite be up to, to my standards. I wasn't having fun with the level design. Uh, I ended up getting lost a couple times while trying to navigate that, and so even when I was doing the fun combat, when I wasn't doing the combat, I was really not having a fun time. And I didn't finish that game. I didn't honestly. I didn't really even get very far, but I did appreciate and respect what that game was doing from a mechanics standpoint. And it sounds like Eternal is continuing to build on that stuff in in really cool and interesting ways. Sure. So I I appreciate that. Uh, I did love. I, I did. I had a really good time with Wolfenstein too, and, and I didn't, I didn't want to like that game because I was very anti Bethesda right. at that point. But I I ended up playing that game sure. and enjoyed the story a lot and really liked the the silliness and craziness they were doing with that. I didn't catch that. I'm sorry, Siri. Do you want to do you want to jump in on this? Yeah. What do you need to add to this conversation, Siri? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, the the Young Bloods trailer I thought was fine, but hearing more stuff about what that game is and about BJ's daughters mm-hmm. and about what time it's set in and characters that come back and, and more of the story stuff. That sounds pretty cool. And knowing that it's a co-op sure. experience from the very beginning, sounds like that would be a really fun game to sit down with somebody and, and just say, yeah, fuck it. Let's go through and, and fuck some shit up. Uh, so I think that if they would have done the, uh, not to cut you off, but if they would have done the model from uh, fuck the guy that made Brothers, they put out that Jailbreak yeah. game, A Way Out, uh, A Way Out. And the cool thing about A Way Out, the only cool thing about A Way Out, apparently, is that if you own one copy, uh, another person can play it for free with you. And I think that would have been neat to see them bring the that element. Is one to... person still has to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
so for you guys, is, I know Johnny, you were a big fan of Doom. Chase, I think you were an okay fan of Doom. Uh, are these games that you plan on picking up this year? Like, are you going to get the new Doom? Are you going to get the new Wolfenstein in twenty? I would like to pl- play both of those games this year. Whether or not I buy okay. them or just red box it and try and get through the campaign, uh, we'll see. But there's like yeah. just there's okay. a lot of other stuff coming out this year. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to wait on these for a while, but I again I sure. still respect what they're doing. And I think absolutely they're, they're, pre- yeah. they're pretty cool. Uh, but neither game was was one that was my favorite uh, at the at, at Bethesda showing uh, because not by a, a long that shot. Went to the Ghostwire Tokyo game. That oh was that was cool. Like we we don't know a whole lot about it. But it had a really cool look to it. They gave it a. They had a really nice trailer. Yep. Uh, the again the meme the memeable woman who who came out and was just so earnest and so great. And, uh, she she was awesome. I and, uh, now let's. I, I I'm I don't want to disrespect her by not saying her name, but I don't I don't remember I don't, her name. I don't either. Yeah, head. that that hurts. And I here's what I'll say is. Yeah, cool. So let me run down a little bit of this woman's catalog. And Chase, if you come across like a Wikipedia, maybe you can like correct me here. But she is responsible for Bayonetta, at least some of the art direction on that. Uh, Okami, is that correct? She I did think that. So. Shinji. She was Shinji an art director Mikami? on that. No, that that's yes. No, that's the director. That's who handed it to her, right? Yes. Yeah, the, her name um, is Kumi Nakamura. And she did a. a she's got a fucking resume under her belt. Uh, the the gentleman that introduced her uh, to come out, though, she was his protege, and in that moment, like, there's a lot of significance to him passing the torch on stage to her, which I thought was really cool. And then to have her come out and uh, be so humble and be so happy to talk about this game, uh, it's got a really rad style to your point, Chase. I think the fucking sound was cool. The the concept is so neat. I think they executed that trailer really, really Guys, well. I didn't see this because uh, I I didn't watch Bethesda. Whew, it's, shit, Johnny, yeah, this game looks so fucking good, man. Scene. There's two games they announced. You shoot, uh, you shoot that ghosts I had no idea. with a bow. Yeah, That's man. It. That's all I need to know. <laughs> it looks really fucking rad. Uh, I don't think we got a release date, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, also, okay. other games she's worked on. She's worked on Marvel vs. Capcom 3, uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, uh, Street Fighter Five, Bayonetta, Evil Within, Evil Within Two. So she's she is in. Yeah, she's good. She's she's got a pedigree about her. Um. So I think this game has a lot of potential. I could see it easily in a year where you're getting new consoles and these big bangers to have a new IP come out. Um, it could slip through the cracks, but I I, I really think that there's some lasting power to it. Uh, I'm very very impressed by that game. And I'm also impressed by the other game that they released. If you want to chime in on that, I do not. What? Okay. What's the other game? Um, I am trying to pull up the name of Death that Loop? right now. That, that's, um, yeah, was that Deathloop? Deathloop. Yeah, hyper stylized. Kind of had like a, a Jackie Brown, Quentin Tarantino vibe to it from the the the, the cinematic that they showed. Um, neat concept. Uh, I think that the style of this game, and they set out that they wanted to do something very different in that space and what they've done before. Um, I think it's going to stand in the shadow of Ghostwire by, by some, some bit there, but I, I, I do think it's going to be a fun game to play. It, it, it kind of has the quirkiness in a sense that like Wolfenstein does, where it's 
it's a very massacre-based game, but like fun, fun massacre, I guess, is the best way to look at it. So Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, in my opinion, were the highlights of this show. Uh, if you're not going to show Starfield, if you're not going to show Elder Scrolls Six, like give us something like this that that is feeling fresh and a bit more energetic. So Bethesda, they they had some uh, surprises there for us, and they had a nice apology. Uh, any other closing thoughts on on Bethesda? I mean, they're, they're trying to be big. They're they were showing off their technological expertise of oh, we had the first VR headset, and think, yeah, fuck off, that whatever. That was right. John Carmack, and he's not there anymore. So please, please stop. Um, and, but right. then they announced the Orion stuff, and that was something. Bobby, did that interest you at all? That seemed more like a you kind of thing. Yeah, I'm look. I'm really into streaming tech right now. Like I, I I've always appreciated uh, the ability to play away from home or or be able to play wherever I'm at. I think is a better way to state it. Currently, you can go up and sign up on their website for Orion, and you can get a free copy of Doom and test that out on either Android or iOS. I signed up to play it on my iPad, and uh, I think a game like Doom, to be able to work on a technical level, is pretty fucking impressive considering uh, latency and the, the twitchiness that Doom has. So this fall, I think, is when you get to try that, and it, you also will get to do some stuff with Microsoft this fall. So yeah, I mean, look, like I'm excited to see that people are looking at this this concept of uh, meeting you where you're at to play these games. I don't know if I really want to play Bethesda only games that in that way. Like, if I have XCloud, like what the fuck does it matter? I can play Doom off Game Pass on XCloud. Why do I need Orion? <coughs> so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. That's pretty much all I got. I, uh, I liked I liked their E3 presentation this year way more than I liked it last year last year with their bethesda land gimmick thing just mm-hmm. felt felt bad I, I it was corny and i didn't really like it and uh yeah. hey if fallout 76 would have done well you would have had that again uh, this one, year. one more thing i do want to point out and it's something that's happened the last couple of years but this year was just grossly apparent and it happened at other places too and i'll bring it up then as well but i cannot stand the people they bring into these these shows, the the fans, the fans slash plants slash maybe people from the company, yeah, like the we we've always gotten it with their uh, Elder Scrolls Online stuff. Like they're those fans that are in there are so passionate or annoying, <laughs> depending on how you view it. But or, it, like or it paid got to, well. It got to the point for this year especially that the guy that they bring up to talk about Elder Scrolls Online, he couldn't even get out his lines. He was he was messing no. up his lines because there were people just being yeah. just so shrill and screamy and give like right. let the guy do his job. And uh, you had that with Ubisoft too. Like that was another pretty bad one. And mm-hmm. that one is. Like they definitely bring in people from their companies to fill that that auditorium, yeah. and and that's nice for them, but it's it really it really annoys me as somebody trying to watch this and and hear what people are saying or or to at least enjoy a press conference and and get the information out when you have a bunch of screaming people out there. Like yeah, we we all joked and laughed at the your breathtaking you no know, your breathtaking thing with Keanu, but. It's becoming more and more a thing in E3 in general of just people wanting to scream out their bullshit and and have their 15 seconds of fame in that way. And it it makes me appreciate something like Nintendo Direct all the much more. 
that, hey, this is a pre-recorded yeah. thing. There's no bullshit. There's no crowd stuff. We're going to get the information out to you in in a really uh, smart, compact, economical way. And and I'm appreciating yeah, that more and more and more. Uh, and so these other ones are feeling less and less fun to me. And Bethesda is the worst of all of them. Yeah. Bethesda I think that's fair worst. criticism. Uh, well, if you wanted to wash that taste out of your mouth, Chase, I think there's nothing better to do that than a Devolver Digital presser. Holy shit. I also had this one on mute because it happened pretty much right after Bethesda. Uh, and I, so I was right. still watching that hockey game. And every time I looked over at my computer, I went, what the fuck is happening? I know. And I had to immediately after the game was over, go back and watch that one. That was incredible. Look, well, here's what I'll say about Devolver. Like, not, even outside of the game, like, they have found a lane. Mm-hmm. And they are fucking pedal of the metal going down that lane. They In every are, sense of they, it, too. They are like from from yes. the games that they find. There's definitely like we we talk about a devolver style, or you see that being discussed. Yep. Uh, and and yep. there is they definitely have a type of game that they're looking for. And when you see it, you go, yeah, devolver's probably involved yep. in that. And more often than not, they are. Yep. Because uh, they're, so they're the bad boys of yep. the indie publishing world. Sure. But they'll publish well, the games. Hey, don't bring them home to mom, right? So like, <laughs> don't bring Devolver to this so house. That's, that's one great thing. But then yes, they've they've really found their stride in their presenting too. Uh, I think the only thing yep. that bugs me about their presenting is that uh, it's it seems like they're always streamed on something where there's a bunch of like bullshit Twitch streamers going on right before them that like like right. their lead in. And every time I try to go and find what the Devolver link is, I always go like. I have to listen to these idiots talk about some bullshit. Like the the people I was watching were rewatching something about the Bethesda conference, and I literally literally thought, "What's is is this not right?" Like I I clicked the link that said this was where it was going to be. So that's the only annoying thing. But once the show actually started, they did kind of a Nintendo Direct parody using the red and white, using the lower third stuff that Nintendo does. Yep. But they. They had a continuous storyline from their last year's show of their presenter, uh, presenter uh, Nina. I forgot her last name, uh, but like she died at the end of that press conference last year. Yeah, and, and seeing how they brought her back, or kind of brought her back, uh, by jumping into her mind and doing this Nintendo Direct style thing, it was just. It was just awesome. This was the only press conference that had a credits roll at the end of it. And it's also the only one that deserved one. So, follow me here, guys. What if next year, if this all gets to happen again, what if during the Bethesda conference, the Volver on Twitch, I know you hate Twitch, but on Twitch, sets up a mystery science theater to Bethesda, where they're fucking commentating on Bethesda and roll right into their presentation. I, I could see that. I mean, they are rebellious, yeah. but I but I think they're still I think they're still being respectful. It's not that they're shitting on anyone else so much. They're they're having fun with their press conferences. I think that would maybe cross a bit of a line. Like they're they're still looking to like, hey, they can have their time and we have our time. I don't know. I, I, I'm interested to see what they do next year. They they definitely left you on a cliffhanger as far as the Devolver 
press conference storyline. <laughs> sure. <laughs> as far as that goes, the continuation uh, of it. Was, like, it even ended with so, it to be continued, didn't it? Okay. Yeah. Chase, what was the highlight for you, game wise? Uh, so there, there were a number of highlights. Uh, I think. I mean, it's it's tough to say. My friend, my friend Pedro was the highlight because, because on one hand, it is because that game is awesome it should, as it should. But be. we've known about that game for a while. It's coming out in a handful of days. It's like yes, I'm I'm excited about that game for sure, but it it wasn't something new. It wasn't something that that was meant to ca- catch my eye. It was more just saying, hey, yeah, by the way, that's coming out. Uh, the game for me was Carrion, and yeah, uh, I do not like horror games, but the way they set this up as a reverse horror game where you play as the monster, this uh, Metroidvania 2D style game where you are this contagion kind of the thing looking uh alien entity thing and you are moving through vents and and different things to kill scientists or or the 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 security uh it looks like you grow it reminded me a little bit of um oh what's the what's the game from the limbo developers the next one inside Uh, yeah the end of it reminded me a little bit of inside i got that vibe too uh it do you know what the the definition of carrion is? I mean, it's like a is. is I mean, the, uh, like the de- is, the the decaying flesh of dead right, animals. Right. Yeah. You get like the crows and stuff that you are carrying yeah. animals that that pick the flesh of that stuff. So that's what I assumed. Um. Yeah. That that looked that it looked, looked really rad. fun. I was I was very yeah. impressed by that. Yeah. Uh, I thought Fall Guys was wild looking. Uh. Like a really interesting take on like a battle royale. That didn't so, look like a devolver game, but I no. think it felt like a devolver game. Yeah, tone, tonally it did for sure. Um, but I also was a big fan of the the bootleg. I thought that was really fun. Such I, the only thing that pissed me off is that it's not. It's only on PC, and that's and it's currently on sale on PC for one percent off the original price. So it's on sale for four ninety four. So good, so good. Uh, <laughs> uh, pretty neat. And they also introduced uh, Enter the Gungeon, House of the Gun Dead, which is a, a, a light gun uh, cabinet. No, correct? no, no, no. Gun Dead was the from one from the bootleg. Oh, got it, I got think. it, got it, got it. Uh, Maybe uh, I'm wrong. It's a physical arcade cabinet coming out. in I know they are also they also showed an arcade cabinet. Was that the name of it? Because there's a yes. there's a Gungeon game in their bootleg thing too. Yeah, Enter the Gungeon, House of the Gun Dead. Oh yeah, the is, sorry, the the bootleg was Enter the Gun Dungeon. Yeah, yes, Enter the Gun Dungeon. Uh, I think that's. I, I, look, I would fucking love to play this on an arcade cabinet. I think that'd be well. That's fun. the only way you can play it. <laughs> I know. I, I I didn't actually um, think the game looked all that great. I mean, it it just kind of looked like a like a pixelized uh, one of those uh, light gun shooters. Right. But the fact that Devolver's putting out a arcade cabinet, a large arcade cabinet to be one of these two two gun light gun games is that's just awesome. Like that that's something you know yeah. they had to have some kind of a meeting and go, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we made one of those and you just had enough people to say, "Yeah, yeah, let's fucking do it." And it just turned out. Like that's that's amazing. I love it. Absolutely. So, uh, 
we probably need to, to move on to the next segment just for sure. the sake of time here. Uh, Devolver, you, you've got my love and respect. Yeah. Uh, who do we have up next, gentlemen? Ubisoft. And we can go really fast All because right. I didn't find any part of this <laughs> this interesting. I know you guys disagree, uh, but... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so we knew going into this, and Johnny, are you caught up on Ubisoft stuff? Are you good to talk yeah, on I, that? Yeah, I was able to watch that one in full. All right, what I'm going to do is I'll, I'll set up... Uh, I'm going to set you up here with... We had some leaks about uh, Watch Dogs Legion, and we knew that that was coming. Uh, Kotaku again broke, broke some news on that, and then uh, Ubisoft did come out, and they said, hey, here, this is what's coming. Like, come, come tune in. Uh, we got the Sea Watch Dogs Legion. This is a post-Brexit uh, dystopian game set in London. And I'd like for you, Johnny, to tell me a little bit more about what you think. Uh, As the I, only one of us who's been to London. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, I can attest you're the resident London aficionado. Um, I thought that it looked... I thought it was the most interesting thing that Ubisoft showed off. Um, mm-hmm. I liked Watch Dogs 2. I had a lot of fun with that game while I played it. I didn't finish it, uh, as I am one to do with mini games. Um, I think that being able to switch from you know whoever you want, basically, is a novel concept. And if they can pull it off, then you know, bully for them. Um, I, I heard a little bit about a demo that people saw. Um, that that they were pretty impressed by. Um, yeah. So I I don't know if I'll get it when it launches, but it was certainly the thing that I was most interested in by Ubisoft. Tonally, this series is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, like the first Watch Dogs mm-hmm. was played super straight and serious. Yeah. Had had a real dick bag of a of a main protagonist that nobody liked, and then you go into Watch Dogs yep. Two that was. Goofy. Completely cartoony and fun. Yeah. Teenagers. But still mur- still murdering people. <laughs> sure. Still still murdering people, but but likable characters, silliness. Smashing that uh, like button. Like you're in San Francisco now. Like it's it was fun. And now this one is Super dark. Like it's it's dark, but it's also trying to have some funny edge. That that was really what bothered yeah. me. I, I thought the, the the demo bit that they showed was pretty interesting. I'm still confused or concerned or uh just not sure about how that mechanic is going to work out from changing from all these characters and recruiting characters and the permadeath and and just how i i just don't understand how the voice acting talent is able to be there for all that whether it's yeah one I mean, it voice sounds incredibly ambitious characters yeah it i just uh but more importantly uh what what really grated on me is watching that that demo was the Bagley AI character, which terrible. just felt it was just felt yeah. like a constant. It felt like the worst parts of Navi mixed with uh, just the clippy, yeah, a clippy, clippy kind of quip bullshit that just had to be snuck in at yeah. everything. Of I don't have eyes, and if I did, I certainly wouldn't. Pe- like, it just felt like it felt a lot like Jarvis stuff. From from the Iron Man movies, but like turned up to but, eleven. Yeah, and I just but not stand as, it. not as good. <laughs> you know, I really hope that like in this game somehow there's people that you can inhabit or take into your team of Legion that are just fucking awful with technology. Like can't remember their email password. Like just useless. 
and just fucking bumbling through this stuff. Like, I guess I got to use this person. It would be a really good Easter egg to just have, like, some random NPCs that were either just really bad at everything or had, like, some special gimmick to them. Yes. I could see it being a lot like like Hitman, where you're able to find different costumes. So if you could get the kind of costume that like was the mascot uniform that you could get in in that like if you had a character who basically was the mascot this whole time oh my god that'd be really interesting or yeah so look it's a very ambitious game we don't have a lot with it there but i think uh it's a cool idea and i i really hope it works out for them in the the best sense of the way like i I, i'm excited for it uh i'm going to quickly run through a few other things we can move on from this that was it uh there's a that was that was it. Everything uh, else was there, pretty there, yeah. Okay. Um, that's no, fair. Run, run through it. Uh, you're getting a story creator mode for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. This sounds kind of interesting. I don't really know how well I'll utilize it, but I enjoyed that game quite a bit. Uh, you're going to be getting free to play uh, characters from Adventure Time in the the Battle Brahalla. Uh, we know a lot about Ghost Recon already, so I'll move past that. There's a new game mode in Rainbow Six called Quarantine. Oh, sorry, just one one thing about the breakpoint. How how much do you think it took the wind out of their sails when Keanu showed up at Microsoft? Because oh, they're God. like, they're we've, like we've got this this famous actor. Got, he's the Punisher. He was in The Walking right. Dead. Celebrity cameo. He's going to be so great. He's bringing his dog. The internet loves dogs. We're going to be so rich with this. And then the day before, Keanu comes out and does the whole "your breathtaking" thing. And man, I, I I love John Bernthal. He he's great. It sounds like he's really putting his all yep. into this, and I I appreciate it on on a very high level. But man, they they just got their yep. whole lunch eaten. Yep, one hundred percent. That game comes out October fourth, by the way. In case you did not know, um, Elite Squad is a, a mobile. Five-player battle looks to take some of the people from other other uh, entrance. I don't. I don't from know. From the Clansiverse. It looks weird. The Clansiverse. Rainbow, One Six, game that, Ghost, that Splinter Cell. This this was our Splinter Cell moment. We didn't get any other Splinter Cell. Yeah. Uh, Noticeably not there. I think Roller Champions could be fun. I'll say that much. I think Roller Champions has a neat style. Yeah. I wish they would have shown me how it plays instead of just t- uh, tone trailers, but. Especially because it's... It is a free-to-play roller derby. It's, out, it's not out, but there's like a demo beta thing out right now. Yeah, there's a technical okay. alpha that you can sign up for. Um, and then the one game that I, I am curious to see where it goes is Gods and Monsters. This came from the Assassin's Creed Odyssey team. Uh, it is going to take on the Greek myth further. It looks kind of... It's got like a Breath of the Wild vibe to it going on in the, in the cinematic trailer they showed. Did... It comes out Did in they 2020. say specifically Greek or just just because that's the kind of helmet and we saw some pillars and shit? Uh, I'm reading this currently from TechCrunch.com and they have Gods and Monsters, the creators of Assassin's Creed Odyssey take on the world of Greek myth with this yeah, February 2020 book adventure about a forgotten hero on a quest to save the Greek gods only to find out that Kratos has killed all of them. <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's interesting. So, I, I thought they were... I see what what bugged me what bugs me about that now is that the guys came out and the the guy came out and he talked about how you know I love working on Assassin's Creed but the problem with Assassin's Creed is that we're always locked to the history 
And this allows us, this new game we're making allows us to really get free. Yeah, but if you're just eh, if you're I just mean, adhering maybe. to a mythology and he- adhering to those characters, you're still not being very free. You're just adhering to a different sure. set of stories. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it looked good, but we didn't see really anything for it. And no, we, didn't. we just know it's going to be kind of Assassin's Creedy, maybe, or have some of a similar feel. And it did look a lot like Breath of the Wild, and it's and it's. You know what it actually looked like? It looked like triple A, uh, like mobile game Clash Royale kind of faces. Yeah, it, I, it, I mean, it, yeah, it, looked, I it looked better than that, but it yeah, gave me totally. that vibe right. of like, oh, that's the screaming man face that I would see on an on every app ever. Yeah, I think it'll be charming, but eh, it, who knows? Yeah. All in all, I, I I think that this was a pretty lacking presentation outside of uh, Watch Dogs. I. I think that they played it really, really safe, and there's a couple, a couple games that we like, like Skull and Bones, not mentioned. I Splinter think they Cell, said not I think they mentioned. Said yeah, Skull we knew that wasn't going to be there because they delayed it, and we also knew there would be no right. Assassin's Creed. We did get the Symphony though. Ooh, uh, right. But yeah, uh, it was weird not seeing Splinter Cell for sure. We got just dance. Sure. That's true. Uh, and we also, we did. We also knew that Beyond Good and Evil Two wasn't going to show up either. Um, Right. That seems like a good game for a new hardware. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, um, that game sounds as ambitious, if not more ambitious, than Watch Dogs. So I for sure. totally see that going to a new console. Ubisoft, we hardly knew thee. Moving on to Square Enix. Yes. I know that Johnny... Uh, Chase, I think that you were as equally excited as Johnny was for this game. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake finally has a yep. date. In some capacity. It is on two fucking Blu-rays. Not in some capacity. That is the date. It's nailed down. That's not the entire I game. I think though. so. I think they said that it is not. the game. It's not? not. Okay. It's just Midgar, but it has been expanded. Okay. Um, which has been what they've said from the get-go. Right. All, I, like, I thought I remember them saying All episodic, four but... years ago. So, so, wait a minute. So, on... Yes. In... March? Is that when this is coming out? March 3rd, 2020. Okay, so when this comes out March 3rd, we're getting two Blu-ray discs. Right. That, only, that are only Midgar, or is it we're getting one disc then, and we're getting another disc later? No, it'll be a one box with two discs inside of it. And... And then the other episodes are DLC? They'll be separate games. Oh my uh, god! Like, how many fucking discs are we gonna have? I you're gonna have six to eight discs. I how, how many discs was the original Final Fantasy VII? Three. Three. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> I've only so, played digital version, so I've I'm unaware okay. of all the discs. Which um, you guys know how important this game is to me. Uh, yeah, the remake uh, or just Final Fantasy VII in general? Final Fantasy VII specifically. Okay. Um, depending on the day you ask me, it is a tie between this and Ocarina of Time for my favorite game ever. Um, when that music kicked in and like you see Aerith there, it just hit me right, right in the feels. Um, and I, I'm extremely excited after what they showed off the combat looks like a very happy combination of um what we got in 15 and also adding in the active time battle because i was like seeing cloud hack and slash with his buster shores okay well 
when would he use magic? Also, will I be able to control Barrett and my other party members? Yes, you can. Um, I I really liked the system that they outlined because because yeah. originally we just thought yeah this is going to be some Final Fantasy fifteen maybe some Kingdom Hearts in there mm-hmm. and what it sure. what it feels like what they talked about it it's it feels more, a lot deeper yeah it almost feels more like a uh, this is a weird comparison to make but uh, like Vats in Fallout of mm-hmm. hey you can just shoot regularly but now you can move once you get these action points up. Now you can use then that you can on use these this special attack. moves that were yeah, and that yeah. that seems like a really cool system. I could see I that was, working out really yeah. well. I was really impressed by that. Uh, I love that you see the materia when it's inserted in the slot on people's weapons. That's a nice touch. Um, and can I ask you guys yeah, a question? Definitely. So I think you all know that I've never played this mm-hmm. game. I've attempted to start this game. It's a difficult one to I go was back just, to. It's really hard to go like back to. Those PS1 it games felt that, that, that just blocky early polygon style mm-hmm. is... is it just, that's why I think this game needed a, a remake. And Yeah, for and sure. I, I had a friend ask me, like, why, why are they remaking this one? I was like, well, they've... They remade 3 and they remade 4 for, for DS and they... You know, for some reason they didn't do five, and so a lot of people like six. But really, the, the the honest truth is that those games hold up on their own. Like you can go up, right. go and play Final Fantasy yeah, Five on GBA, right? And that pixel art still pops and sure. looks great. I've I've sunk a good deal of time into six on my SNES Classic, right? Yeah, and that one's that one still looks beautiful. Um, eight. Where we they did show at the Square conference as well that eight's getting uh, like a remaster, a, a remaster. So it's getting high definition. It's getting better textures, uh, and and that game, I think, looks better than seven mm-hmm. for sure. They they certainly look more proportional. I mean, even at the time, it did. Yeah, I remember yeah. thinking, wow, this looks so much better than seven did whenever I played it back then. So seven. The the, the question seven just really the looks question I have, and I'm so glad that they're. Finding a for way sure. to, to freshen that up for a new generation. Yes, Bobby. Absolutely. Question. Here's my question. Very simply put, am I okay to not play the original and move on to this for my first yeah, experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean, what, what do you what do you want out of it? What yeah. what are you looking to get? Because you want the true Final Fantasy VII experience, because knowing that. All we're getting is Midgar on two Blu-rays. Uh, I have to assume that there is a lot of s- extra stuff they're going to pack in there that wasn't in the first game. They, they talked the about. Game. I think I just I, go for it. I, I think I think for me it really just comes down to like this game is so important to so many people that I want to have an understanding of why that is. Like here, like I honestly, God, like I don't know anything about the story of this game. And so I, mean, I want to experience so the, that. For me, um, you know, it was one of the first like 3D games like that that I ever played. And back, you know, looking at it now, it looks really blocky and bad. But back then, when I was a kid, I hadn't seen anything like that before. Um, it was the first game I ever played that had, um, you know, active, almost like not quite turn-based, but that type of combat. Sure. Uh, learning, you know, how to min-max my materia, and uh, Sephiroth was just the coolest villain in the world at the time. Whenever I was that age, 
Uh, I like Cloud a whole bunch, and the fact that they... Do you know what happens to Aerith, Bobby? I have okay, no idea. I won't tell you. <laughs> um, I don't even know who fucking... I don't even know who okay. Aerith is. Um, there's just... There's so much to it that... Just... It just spoke to me as a kid, and... Yeah. Um, to, okay. To, to Jimmy, so, I, I guess, like, I could play... I could play it on the Switch if I wanted to, if I yeah, had to. Totally sure. could. Uh, you played it on uh, your phone. To to kind of follow up Johnny's point, pe- people like Final Fantasy VII for a lot of different reasons. Uh, some people really like the active time battle system, and and you're not quite going to get that with the remake because they're they're moving to this right. way more action oriented thing that then goes into a turn based thing for your more special attacks, and they're calling that active time, and it's not. Um, I hate that system. It's it's why I really can't get into old Final Fantasy games unless you go really old and are playing something like three on the DS, which I love because that one is actually still turn based. Uh, so, but some people really like that, and if that's what you want to experience, then yes, you need to go back to the original Final Fantasy VII. Uh, some people really like the story and characters, uh, mm-hmm. and and. For that, I think it still probably works in, in the remake as well, especially because the right, remake says right. they, they, they say they're going to dig into these characters deeper and find more things about them. Yeah. And I'm sure they're going to, to incorporate more of the content that they've built in this Final Fantasy VII universe since Seven came out because there has been that, that Dirge of Cerberus game with Vincent, mm-hmm. which is probably better left unsaid. Um, they they've given us everything except what we wanted all along so right. far. Uh, and and we've had advent children that kind of gave everybody uh, a new look and and feel and some pe- that that movie has mixed mixed feelings. I think Dude, Johnny and I, I both watched like that it. Movie so many times. It just it's it's really good, but it's also not very good. <laughs> right. Um and, but then but yeah, to John, one of other Johnny's points is that game looked amazing. At the time, when you when you're going from these pixel based games like Final Fantasy VI, and now you're going full 3D, you're seeing these characters look more human like than they ever had before. And, they, and in combat and in the cinematics, they look a lot. The models look a lot better. Totally, the um, cinematics for sure look right. a lot better. You know, and, you and, and also the summons, the summons were this huge, epic story spanning you know so many hours and also lots of little hidden things in the world like all the chocobo stuff it's like one of those things you find out from someone on the playground when you're a kid like oh did you know that if you go to the chocobo farm and you give them this and then you know you put two of them together then they'll make this type of chocobo and then you go race it and like just yeah i i could go on and on about how much i love this game um i'm really excited I yeah. I've never uh, I think it's I've fair. never beaten Final Fantasy Seven. So and like, I have, you don't I've beaten it <laughs> three times, three, four times. Yeah. I think I think on my Vita playthrough, which is the farthest I've ever gotten, I was pretty close to the end and, and I was dying to some boss fight and just kind of lost interest. But um I, I love that world, I love those characters, uh and that's I still that's listen I to the soundtrack. And yeah, it's got it's got yeah. great music, like like um, most Final Fantasy games. But you're square. gonna find you're gonna find a yeah. lot of that in the remake. But mm-hmm. there are certain elements that people will still really like about that original game that the remake won't have, especially when it comes to combat. Yeah, um, for modern if, sensibilities, yeah, it just yeah, it just and, wouldn't work. But I but I would say in the grand scheme of RPGs that you really need to play, 
you still should probably go back and finish Chrono Trigger <laughs> before before yeah. worrying about Final Fantasy. Man, I would love to see them remake that, right? I doubt that will ever happen. Although, yeah. I mean, it, sh- so, it should happen. They have all the tools. They... <laughs> Like right. Chrono, Chrono Trigger was this Square and Enix thing where they were separate companies that came together and made this thing, and now they're right. the same company. It should be so easy. So let me uh, let me run down a few things really quick here, so we can continue to move forward in uh, getting to the the end of the show. Okay. There's only one other uh, thing Final from Fantasy Square that I that I want to make sure we cover, but but I'll just wait for you to bring. Totally. It up. Yeah, just stop me when I get to it. Uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles was announced in some capacity, a remastered version of the action role-playing game. Uh, originally on the GameCube, is now coming to PlayStation 4, Switch, and Mobile. Octopath Traveler is jumping from the Switch to PC via Steam. The Last Remnant Remastered. Uh, this is a version of the Xbox 360 and PC game is now uh, releasing on the that Switch. Is, it's been remastered as well. That is pretty cool. Like, that, that's not the one I want to talk yeah. about, but that is pretty cool. Uh, I think a lot of Square stuff was, hey, here's this old thing we have. And we're gonna push it out in a different format for you, uh, including the re- Final Fantasy VII remake. But uh, but that was that was a wow. People still remember about the Last Remnant. That's pretty cool. Wasn't that one of the ones in the for the that everyone was um, that all the petitions were signed for? Wasn't the it last like Remnant? Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember. Uh, wasn't it? Like, it's, it's thirty bucks on the Switch. Is it worth I, picking? I didn't up? play it. I, I remember no. the commercials for it. No, those were two Nintendo RPGs. It was it was Xenoblade and then the Last Story or something like that. Never mind. Oh, but the Last Story, man. I, I've heard I've heard stuff about Last okay. Remnant that's that's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm I considered I was hovering over the buy button just hours ago, and, and didn't, I. but I but I might. I I'll wait for you guys to. To check it out on Final Fantasy Nine instead. There you <laughs> for, go. For no good reason. Dragon Quest Builders Two uh, will be coming out July twelfth. Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of an Elusive Age, the definitive edition. This looks pretty fucking cool. I love that game, and uh, the stuff they're adding to it looks yep. neat. S- Circuit Superstars coming twenty twenty. Final Fantasy fourteen Shadowbringers. Dying Light 2, Romancing Saga 3, and Scarlet Grace. I don't want to talk about this, but I do need to mention, they said the word Vita. It's not dead. <laughs> I don't... What is dead may I never do not die. Care I about, the same thing. I do not care about the Romancing Saga <laughs> stuff. Uh, I, I, the, Listen to this lineup, man. PS4, PS Vita, Switch, Steam, Xbox One, Windows ios and hey Android. if you want if you want weird we need to go back to ubisoft and talk about just dance being on google stadia and the wii yep not wii u Fuck yeah still the, the fucking wii. wii what a time <laughs> to be alive it's it's crazy that those just dance games continue to come out on the wii it's incredible war of the visions final fantasy brave exivus xvs yeah, i mean yeah, yeah i i won't blame you for fucking that one up because I don't think it's possible to say that correctly. Yeah, my bad. Uh, Outriders. I think this looks really fucking cool from the Bulletstorm developers. Uh, it is uh, a very ambitious sci-fi shooter. Looks to be co-op, drop in and drop out. We mentioned Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. And now we have Marvel's Avengers. Ew. Woof. 
That looks rough, man. I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to shit on Crystal Dynamics. I think that those guys are a good studio. But whether they got pressure from the mouse to, to show up with something at this conference, uh, whatever they brought to the table did not look like it was ready to be brought to the table. And I think that they have 11 months to bring this out. It's coming out May 15th of 2020. It's going to be on Google Stadia as well. There's a lot of new tech going with it, but fuck, man, you're playing with the mouse's money and you're bringing something that looks like it was a cutscene from PS2 era, especially on the heels of, you know, Infinity War, where Marvel has built for the last decade quite a cult following. I was not impressed with what I and saw you, here. And you knew that you weren't going to get likenesses of, of all the actors, for sure. Yeah, totally. But, totally. But they still tried to make it look realistic. And I think mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to talk about Nintendo here in a in a quick second, but they have ultimate ultimate uh, Alliance three, and that is yep. you know a much more comic book cartoony looking style to that, and those characters look great and they look classic and they look like what we remember, mm-hmm. and these just these look like some bad try trying to be like the Marvel Cinematic Universe not being able to be that for legal reasons and just kind of like falling you know short. there's that meme and it's on the fucking nose from thor ragnarok whenever he shows back up to asgard and and odin who is actually loki at the time has a play depicting yeah. how heroic <laughs> loki is it's legitimately that fucking play it's like it, it's close enough to be like wait is that fucking oh it is thor um but yeah it's it's rough uh, anything else with Square that you guys want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I said my piece. The, the, one yeah, thing, the one thing that I saw is a game called Oninaki. Uh, I thought that looked really cool. Did I skip over that? You did. Um, Where's I, it at I don't here? Know. It was in the Square here. thing. Um, but it's an isometric action RPG. Uh, it's got some flashy-looking combat. I, I thought this is where, when they were starting to announce this, I thought this was where Bravely Third was coming in. And I, I started oh, to get sure. really excited because all I want is Bravely Third. And uh, and I'm not getting that. But uh, instead, I might still get it in the future. But instead, I think this looked kind of all right. Like it it had uh, it was a little bit more demons than I kind of like from my JRPGs. But uh, the, that combat stuff looked pretty good. I it's got some simplified characters. It looks like a smaller style of game. Uh, certainly not the big flash that you get from something like the Final Fantasy VII remake, but uh, it it was it's being made by the by the same developer, Toki RPG Studio, I think is what they're called, um, that made I Am Setsuna and Lost Sphere, and those are also kind of callbacks to classic RPGs, uh, but those were all sure. turn-based stuff. Those were closer to like a Chrono Trigger, whereas this is action, and uh, and and I liked what I saw. I think that's yeah, I think neat. that's yeah. coming out this year, and uh, and that's one I'm sure that I'll be playing. Oh yeah, well uh, that is it for Square Enix and us. I think overall they had uh, answered some questions around Final Fantasy and maybe even you know open up some new questions with what that's going to be. But at the same time, we know we know we're going to be playing that game uh, come March 2020. You will finally get your opportunity to go back to Midgar and check out Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, overall, so I, to cap- I was surprised at how how much they showed from Final Fantasy VII uh, and how and how good, good it looked. Uh, that that stuff really impressed me. 
but I was the the overall feeling I got from Square was was still kind of disappointment because I was looking for games like Bravely Third. I was looking to hear more about Babylon's Fall, which they showed last year and didn't talk about it all this year. Um, and and I wanted to see that this was what we did on our part one show. I wanted to see something from Yokotaro. I wanted to know what he was up to. Yeah. And we didn't hear anything about him either. Not so a peep from him. It no. was it was a lot more questions than answers for me from Square Enix. Even though I think some of the stuff they showed was was pretty solid. Awesome. Well, to to wrap up not only our show but also the presentations for E3. Uh, Nintendo had their direct on Tuesday the 11th, and it was quite the event. They they brought a lot of known quantities to answer some questions about those games that we were waiting to hear more about, and they surprised us with a few things. Uh, Chase, why don't you kick us off and just give us some hot takes on like your thoughts for Nintendo's direct this year? Honestly, not not wasn't the biggest fan, uh, and I I get that yeah. because the big thing they showed. I'm going to let you talk about that. Was was something that I don't have a, a great deal of love for, uh, but yeah. I'll, I'll hit hit on the couple things that that I cared about or at least are in my territory. Uh, they showed more Fire Emblem Three Houses stuff, and I was actually kind of impressed by some of the stuff they showed. They they displayed Good. that there's going to be a time skip in that game. Uh, you saw the the three leaders of the different houses. Uh, come back and they all have beards or new clothing or one's missing an eye so some shit goes down at some point um, but they all kind yeah. of come back together probably to fight some other force that is is forcing them all to to cooperate together uh, so that's cool that it's not just going to be school days the whole time because uh, because that's yeah. the part that's the part that really rubs me the wrong way it's not persona exactly which hmm that's just Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which I would love. <laughs> um, but, but yes, it, it's not just high school, high school Japanese RPG with Fire Emblem shit in it, which is, is good. I still, I'm still cautious about that game, but I'm a little more optimistic than I was before. Uh, Anim- Animal Crossing, <laughs> bummer, bummer that it got moved to 2020 instead of this year. I understand, you know, we're we're living in a time where companies are trying to be more conscious about crunch, and Nintendo's even talked about, hey, we want to make sure this game comes out and is good, and we want to make sure that we put smiles on people's faces, not just uh, externally, not just to our consumers, but also to our employees, right. and making sure that they're healthy. So I can I can respect and appreciate that Animal Crossing needs to take a little bit more time. They did show a little yeah. bit of, of footage of that game, though, and I liked what I saw. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, and it looks like you're going to be traveling to an island and, and kind of sprucing up the island. Uh, we were actually watching the direct together, Bobby, at, at your place. Sure. Uh, Johnny couldn't make it because he had, like, a job or something. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> should have just taken the day off like we did. But um, we, uh, I, was, I was kind of... Not not quite sure how to feel at the very beginning of that trailer because they're showing you come to the new island. They're showing you put down a tent. Like that's not what Animal Crossing is about. Animal Crossing is about making making a house and putting a bunch of shit in your house. And that's the thing I didn't like about Pocket Camp is that it it was a camp. It wasn't a house. Like the whole point of Animal Crossing right. is the home building in in my mind. Uh, but then 
you saw later you you get a house you have other it, it seemed like classic animal crossing stuff so the it seems like the tent thing is only your kind of tutorial getting your tom nook getting you getting yourself into debt for tom nook and all that stuff to to get you back into that right um but then we heard little details about being able to change skin colors and gender neutral uh haircuts and it sounds like nintendo is really embracing the community that loves animal crossing and wants it to be a little bit more uh geared towards their taste so it's it's cool that they're <laughs> they're actually listening and doing that stuff and hey yeah. take, and they said you can change it on the fly yeah, too that's that's awesome that's great and if it takes yeah. till 2020 that's what it takes but uh but that's also march isn't it uh i don't think they gave a date did maybe, they maybe not did they give maybe a date? they just said spring or something um uh no it's march it's march 20th 2020 yeah. man next march is going to be packed <laughs> it is march uh, is wild and then lastly uh i i still from the, from what they showed i still have some relatively high hopes for damon damon x machina um the the sure. proto, the prototype missions slick. that we played earlier this year uh or late last year i can't remember which um that that wasn't the best i get it showed some promise but it still needed some work i hope they actually are taking the advice of the players and and actually putting it to putting it into uh action for the game but i think that game could be really cool and yeah that trailer was continues to be super flashy and and fast and speedy and i hope the game actually ends up uh delivering on those on those promises uh, and then Astral Chain from from Platinum, I think that yeah. still looks pretty cool and, and could be a really neat thing. Uh, so those are the things that that stood out to me. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm going to let you talk about Link's Awakening, even though I like that as well. Uh, but th- those were the games that were like the chase games that I could see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I think there's a few games that like I know Johnny and I are going to overlap on. So what I'd like to do really quick is just, again, do a quick rundown of some of the stuff they talked about, and uh, we'll get to the, the bigger hits uh, thereafter. Uh, so they, they're bringing a few more Resident Evil games to the Switch, which is still fucking weird to me. Uh, arguably, in my opinion, one of the weirdest things that they showed was Contra Rogue Corps. That game looked fucking wild in the weirdest way really? possible. It didn't feel like Contra at uh, all. <laughs> that was yeah, the weird thing? Like, not, <laughs> not The Witcher 3 being ported to the Switch? Oh man! Honestly, like I, I'm, I mean that's that's strange to me. Like I kind of get it, especially after Dragon's Dogma, but like seeing something like Contra this and what they're doing way, with that is like, super bizarre. Dragon's Dogma is a whole different beast than <laughs> Witcher Three. No, I agree. Um, and uh, not to go down like the technical rabbit hole with that, but like Johnny, you saw the five forty undocked seven twenty. Look, man, hey. I love that game. If all you have is a Switch, and you have always wanted to play that game, no, go f- no. Yeah. Play it. That that looks bad. The one, one thing that that is a bummer is this. So the complete edition of The Witcher, and again, I won't I spend money on this game. It, it deserves your money, but they're 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 charging sixty bucks right now, and that and game you can for, get it for the last 15 few years. On other platforms. You can get you can get that for fifteen dollars on other platforms that will probably give you a much better experience yes. outside of this taking it with you. So, I, I as a as somebody that set out on this show to to recommend new experiences for people, I, I echo Johnny. If this is the only means you have and you want to play that game, I guess. 
But honestly, like that game Maybe deserves wait till it comes out and people post videos. Yeah, for sure. No, no way. Okay, so uh, I I know that I am the Witcher Three hater here, but I'm not telling people not to play it because it's a bad game. I'm telling people not to play it on Switch because it's a bad version of the game. The thing that the thing rough. that game has going for it is that it's gorgeous. And that's the thing that I the agree. Switch I agree. can't do. I, it, you're right. It you're, doesn't you're, pay you're, off. You're, like watching watching that trailer. It's, it's a bad trade. Watching that trailer, I could look at it and go, "This doesn't look good. This is looks." You said it, that audibly. Yeah, it looks muddy. It looks. And uh, I had to ask, like, is it because it's The Witcher, or is it because it's The Witcher? On I mean, <laughs> and you clarified. For I me. do. I do love. <laughs> I do love people saying The Witcher, though. Like, that's yeah. that's all right. Yeah. We we don't have to dwell on it. Um, uh, yeah. Don't play that on the Switch. So one of the other cool things is that they are bringing the collection of mana, which I think is really neat. That's uh, 40 bucks, and it gets you all the original games, it looks like. And then there's a new one uh, called The Trials of Mana that's coming out. I don't know about a date on that. Um, they did show some of the, the Bethesda stuff, including a port of the mobile game Blades, which I don't know how that's going to work. Not, um, I mean, don't don't buy Blades. I mean, I, they, it's, it's free to it's play. Free. Uh, don't, don't play Blades. They ported Fallout Shelter, there so was, why wouldn't they bring this over? Sure. There was a, a remake of Panzer Dragoon, which uh, I've never heard of this game, but Chase, you, you shared a little bit about that to me. It looked fine. Um, arguably one of the weirder, not weirder, but uh, one of the more surprising things they introduced was a Dark Crystal, yeah. uh, a tactic Dark Crystal game, which is, it looked kind of cool. I'll, I'll be honest. It looked I neat. love tactical RPGs, I, but I, that was not my style. Dark Crystal gave me nightmares when I was a kid. As it should. Uh, if you don't want that and you want tactical RPGs, you can play Empire of Sin next year, which is a 1920s gangster game that uses kind of a SOCOM grid-based combat as well. And if you want to be spooked, you can play Dead by Daylight. Shoot, baby. Uh, uh, Dauntless has been announced for the Switch, which is exciting. The free-to-play Monster Hunter Light game. If I want to get spooked, I'm, a big I'm fan playing of. Luigi's Mansion 3. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm playing Gooigi. Oh, yeah. That... You know, I want Gooigi and Mario Kart. That'll probably be pretty fun, honestly. Uh, yep. I've never played any of those people games. playing that. I played some of the I love the first one. one. Would this be a good game to get up, pick up for me and Jude to play co-op together, you think? Absolutely. I think so. And I could play with Especially because I don't know what his feelings are anymore, but that kid used to like Ghostbusters, right? Yeah. So, I mean, this, that is... He's, he's all that's about Ghostbusters with Mario shit. Yeah, he loves ghost stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be one for him. Um, another game that was an announced prior but had a release date of June 13th was The Cadence of Hyrule, The Crypt of the Necrodancer featuring The Legend of Zelda. Yesterday. It's out. You can play it now. And that game looks really fucking cool. I am excited to play that. And also, that. the original, the original um, game is only $4 right now. There's a big eShop sale on a bunch of stuff right now. Uh, and yeah, you can get the original uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer for 4 bucks. You know it's not on sale. Chase, As you should I keep waiting to go on sale. Uh, no, what? Binding of Isaac. I've, oh, I've had yeah. that on my wish list for over a year. Hey, wish in one hand and shit in the other, anyway, Johnny. Sorry. Uh, we got a little bit more of Astral Chain. I'm pretty into this game. I like yep, what they're showing. That could be cool. And uh, Link's Awakening, Johnny. Why don't you talk to me a little bit about your hot take on that? Uh, it is a remake of the classic Game Boy game. Link's Awakening. You may yeah, have heard wow. of it. What a hot take. Thank you, Wikipedia. Um, it, uh, it looks adorable. Uh, it looks I, really good. I definitely uh, had a moment of weakness, and I, I pre-ordered that Amiibo because I want to have it on my desk so I can look it, at it. It's a good Amiibo. 
I also got the new Squirtle one that comes out also in September because Squirtle's also pretty good, and I want to be able to look at him yeah. at my desk at work when I am feeling down. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the, um, tilt, the tilt shift no. stuff they're doing with Link's Awakening looks, looks amazing. Cool. Yeah, uh, oh the style the, looks mm, the big the so big good. cool news. I, I think we talked about this on the on the pre E three show, but I was asking, you know, I I know what this game is. Like they, they are making basically shot for shot uh, Link's Awakening yeah. from the game. What else are they going to put in style? It? What else are you getting? And, and we heard what they're getting. It's basically Zelda Maker, but uh, not man. quite. <laughs> not quite. Like just so it seems like a dry run to see if they can actually yeah. make a Zelda Maker. Uh, but you're you're able to build your own dungeons, and then you can run through them. You can't share. I didn't right. hear anything about sharing. Which is well, no. it's which Nintendo, such so a probably not. Well, I mean, they're making Mario but, Maker, but maybe. It. But I know, but you know what I maybe mean. Maybe if they do like a a Link to the Past remake in the same style, you'll get something like that. I, I bet. Yeah. I bet they would just do a Zelda Maker at this point. Like if if this goes well, yeah. if people really have fun with it, they you would just go full on whatever Zelda you want. Zelda. Yep. You know, Zelda One, Link's Awakening, Link's Link to the Past. And that um, was it. Now, uh, and then the show, the, the show was well, over. Everything there was, was done. They didn't show anything before else. Before they ended the show, though, they did show some Smash Brothers That's stuff. Banjo-Kazooie is coming to Smash Brothers, and I'm yeah. really happy about that. I just want to say you're welcome. I, I put and that the out there. I, I will, I will clap for Bobby. Well done. Bobby called that. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie made a lot of sense. The uh, I think uh, Hero from, from Dragon Quest Eleven and yeah. then the Another alternate ones from the, other, from the other Dragon Quest games. That that made a lot of sense. I think there were some rumors out there that that it was, was really cool how they did that. Probable, um, but yeah, I I mean, th- those those characters are going to be solid additions. And that was it. They wrapped the show up, and uh, everybody was happy. And that's that's that yep. was it. That was yep, the end of Nintendo E three. Oh, they announced that there's a sequel uh, to Breath of the Wild in development. Oh, what a direct what's, uh, what's sequel. Well, Chase, you may remember when the Nintendo Switch launched in March of 2017, uh, you know, we all know the best game at that time was Snipperclips. Right. Uh, but there was and then Mario Kart 8. A, a, yeah. And there was another lesser known game. Yeah, uh, further down the line. also came out, you know, By, by Nivisic, yeah, yeah. But then, mm-hmm. like, we played, uh, we all played yeah. that. And... Yeah. But also, Great game. Uh, a game called uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild came out. And... Uh, was it good? You know, did people like it? It was some some, some people did. Was it was mixed. Did it like change the industry as we know it? I think it it changed a lot it, of things. Uh, changed you know, changed my pants a few times. If you know oh what I mean, because it took you so long to play. <laughs> yeah, a lot, yeah. A lot, uh, a lot So of Breath of the Wild times. is un- undeniably a great game. Uh, but yeah, they what what did they show here? Like I. It was, as, as a person who does not really know the story of Breath of the Wild because I didn't ever finish it, I imagine you beat Ganon at the end. I did. And it seems yes. like he's in some kind of pit. Calamity and Ganon. was it's devoid like of his Ganon. powers. And now he's not. This looks like Ganondorf. Yeah. And you're with Zelda in some sort of dungeon. Uh, but it's the same Hyrule. But I'm wondering if they're going to mix things up because that wouldn't be really interesting to explore the same place all over again well um, i mean if if they i told do, johnny if they do the link 
a link to the past, link between worlds kind of thing, where hey, it's it's what you Logo. know, but here's here's kind of how everything's yeah. changed since then. I could I could see that being interesting. Yeah. And I think you know uh, there was a really cool thing going on with that. Like it was a it was a pretty fucking dark uh, trailer for Zelda, and, and uh, one of the directors of the game has already came out and said that like this is going to be darker than Majora's Mask. Which is arguably the darkest entry in the series. I was going to ask if you uh, guys thought this might be more of a Majora's Mask style game, because I don't it, know. It, it, we know it so little. Seem, yeah. Well, I mean, if it's coming out this quickly from from Breath of the Wild, right. I mean, they didn't say when it's coming out. They just they, said it's in development. They didn't, but you look at it, and it's obviously in the same engine. It's using mm-hmm. a, it's using similar assets. Uh, I would imagine I, from, I would, from the first I could game. say, yeah, you could probably bet on it coming out sometime next year. I I wonder if this could be like a more gimmicky style game like a Majora's Mask, which was something that they brought out quickly after the mega success of Ocarina of Time. Writing the coattails of, of yeah. Ocarina, yeah. But doing something interesting with it. Like that, I could see yeah. that being being where they're going with this of, hey, let's get another like really strong Zelda out there uh for the switch before we move mm-hmm. on to another console and yeah we're getting Link's awakening but that's that's kind of its own separate thing uh and you know i think we didn't i, I think we knew that we were going to get another fully realized zelda I game didn't. i think what I surprised think me is i i absolutely did i absolutely thought we would get more of zelda on the switch i did not think it would be an, an absolute sequel to breath of the wild which is really cool not something and, they do uh, very often. I'm, I'm, no it's not no. Um, so I'm really excited to see that. That was a huge, huge moment for me uh, when they when they so, did it. I mean, I guess you know we'll know where this one falls in the timeline then, because you know it's a secret. Yes, the Hyrule Historia yeah. is safe. Um, we wrote this chapter. I it's so, a new Zelda game. I will play it. I will probably really enjoy it. So who won E3? In your opinions, Sony. Activision. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I I think Microsoft had had maybe the biggest showing of anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they certainly I, had the the most memorable moment. Yes, and I, and I think that's a big deal. I, I think Nintendo also is is definitely up there. Um, the way they introduced Doug Bowser, I thought was was that was good. It was it was well done. Good. They they yeah. addressed it and they moved on. They they had yeah. Bowser in yep. a tie. Great. Nope, different Bowser. Yep, good stuff. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you guys this question: Do you think that E three as it currently is needs to continue? Needs probably not. Um, I don't. No, I don't. Probably not. I think there's just so many ways to get out information these days, and the news cycle. Like any any of these companies could have gotten, uh, except for probably Devolver. Could have gotten these same news cycle on their own, yeah. Um, but but E three is still this thing that people care about. You you do have people going to it. Right. You have people watching. You have people taking off work to watch some of these press conferences, as as Bobby and I are are very well aware. Uh, yeah. There's still there's still a want for this kind of event, and. And I don't think we get this at any other time of year. We they they have like the game awards, and, and it's getting better every year, but it's not the same thing. No, this, it's not. This really no. feels like the celebration of video games 
over the course of a week, and and it it feels good to yeah to like video games, right? Well, and all in addition well, to the press well, conferences, you have everything that comes out after that's all said and done when the convention actually kicks off, um, and it's just uh, something you wouldn't get by having everyone break away and just do their own thing. Well, we got we so we had a listener reach out to us, and I have I haven't shared this with you guys uh, up until this point. Uh, Josh from California. Sent us a couple messages in, uh, three voice messages around E3. And they felt, in particular, that E3 casts a really big shadow on a lot of these smaller game studios, a lot of these smaller games, and that E3 is just there to celebrate AAA and like some of these known entities well, there. I mean, they have a the lot indie of mega ones. there at E3. Do they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I, I, like, on one hand, I kind of understand where Josh was coming from with that. I also think that uh, E3 is, at its core, it's meant to be a celebration. And to go back one last time to that interview with Phil, uh, I think that he does a good job of talking about like how it is an energetic and exciting place to be and to be able to present something you're proud of and be around people. Like I think that he genuinely looks forward to talking to Jeff. And that's something that he's banked on. Like This is an annual thing for him. It's how he kind of wraps up his trip. Like there's some things there that you you are expecting to see on these annual work trips, so to speak. Um, I think E3 can evolve, and I think it can start to focus on other areas. But I think in its current state, um, we're at a really weird impasse right now, where you don't need E3 like you once did I mean, to talk about new things. I, right. I'd agree with Josh on a surface level that yes, E3 seems to be about triple A's, and I think that's because. I don't know if Josh, Josh from California, maybe he actually was able to go to E3 and be a part of the the experience. But as as an outsider, a person in Missouri who's not flying all the way out there and, and getting to see the show floor, right? Uh, yeah, like you see Microsoft do a press conference, you do you see Bethesda, you see these bigger places doing that stuff, and yeah, you'll get like a little montage for the indie games for for some of these things, right? But I also think that's that that it those kinds of montages allow for those indie games to really really show something to us. Like I, I yeah. think back a few years yep. to Cuphead. That was a game that was just mm-hmm. in Microsoft's montage of hey, here's some some games that here's some indie games that we have, and we saw half a second of footage of of Cuphead, and everyone went fucking nuts and wanted to know more about that game, and it got huge right. press. Uh, we saw that again. Uh, was it last year or two years ago? With the the uh, I forgot the name of it, but the one that had the dude who said the shit and yeah, yeah. The last night lost me. Yeah, I think that was it. Like that again. Like that got everyone's yeah. attention for a bit, just because of how amazing that looked. And yeah, then it got pressed for for the bad things that came afterward. But it, having that platform for these indies to to come up or these smaller projects to come up and and just give them a shot. Uh, I, I also think uh, a few years ago, Sony did something similar where they said, hey, they gave even more of a spotlight. It's we're going to bring up the Supercell guys or not Supercell, Supergiant. Yeah. We're going to bring up the Supergiant guys to talk yeah. about Transistor. We're going to talk, bring up these people to talk about this specific game. And yeah, these are small indie games, but it shows that we care about these things. And it also puts those on a bigger stage, too. So I think it's kind of like a rising oh. tide raises all boats thing. Yeah, you have the potential to get buried, but you're also you also have a chance to be a real part of the the um, uh, 
part of the news cycle. Uh, there's another game that uh, right. Skatebird. Did you guys hear anything more about Skatebird? Okay, mm-hmm. well, I guess it got buried for you. But um, uh, it's a Kickstarter. It's a, a really small game about a bird, like a, a more realistic-looking bird that is on uh, like a mini skateboard, or like a finger skateboard, and and it's oh, just cool. going through like a micro machine style style place of like it's a skate park That's made awesome. out of stuff in a home, um, and that game got some coverage stuff at E3 to the point where it was getting coverage equal to something like the Final Fantasy VII remake. And how amazing is wow. that, that this tiny kickstarted game right now is, is getting the same kind of coverage that Square is getting. Like, it's, it's possible. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, so what I'll say is, Josh, we appreciate you uh, sharing your thoughts on it. If you Thanks, are Josh. somebody that has a, an opinion on E3 in general and like where it's currently at or where it could be going, uh, you can drop us a line a few different ways. Uh, we are on Anchor, and Josh used that service to drop us a voice message. You can also email us. We're thecasualhour.gmail.com. Uh, we're also active on Twitter at thecasualhour. Uh, all of us have our own individual uh, contributions outside of the show as well. Chase, you run an amazing podcast called Gamers on the Go. Walk us through what you do on that. Yeah, we talk about handheld games. Uh, it's it's kind of sporadic when it does come out, but... Uh, each, each episode, we take a handheld game or franchise and talk a little bit about the game and, and where it came from and the legacy it left and the development of it and kind of just everything about it. Uh, one of the last ones I did recently was with Bobby. We talked about a game called Photographs that was on uh, mobile phones, and, and we had a great time with that. So you can find that at, at awesome. uh, gamersonthego.com and, uh, and find all those episodes there. Awesome. Johnny, what have you been up to outside of uh, E3 coverage and raising a fine young man named Jude? Fine young man? Uh, not much, man. Uh, work has been particularly taxing lately. Uh, I end up staying until 7 o'clock, working almost 12 hours on Monday. Um, wow. Uh, so that's that's been kind of stressful. But uh, other than that, I'm doing all right. We're traveling up to cool. my wife's grandparents' farm this weekend, uh, weather permitting, so I'll miss the, the Stanley Cup parade. Go Blues. I'll be there. Go Blues. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's nothing too nice. exciting. I've been playing a lot of Slay the Spire on my Switch. Me too. Like, a lot of Slay the Spire, yeah. like at least a couple hours every night. I imagine we'll talk more it. about that game um, the next episode, our next yeah. normal episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then sure. Bobby, you've got uh, my name's stuff, Bob, right? Yeah, I go by Lumberjack Smack outside of the show. Uh, I have a website, lumberjacksmack.com, uh, focusing on quick look videos and also one minute reviews. I had a good friend. You might know him. His name is Chase. He's here with us uh, now. Seems he like returned. I watched. He's I watched a, cool a video guy. with two dick bags named Chase and Bobby talking about Void Bastards yesterday. Those are the worst dick bags I know. Uh, but yeah, we recorded recently uh, a few different quick looks. We're going to be putting them out a little bit slower. I really appreciate Chase coming on and helping me navigate through that as I'm still finding my footing. But one of those games was Void Bastards, and that game is uh, really fun. I, I've had a lot of fun uh, finding some good runs through it. And Chase came over, and we got to talk a little bit about builds and the world and the map and how you do all those things. That is currently up on YouTube, but also a link to it right on the front page of my website, lumberjacksmac.com. 
Uh, I do post some one-minute reviews, as I mentioned, usually to Instagram, uh, focusing more on games that you can get through services you're currently paying for. So like Game Pass, Games with Gold, PlayStation Plus, and occasionally I'll, I'll reference the AAA title when it comes out as well. Uh, you can email me, bobby at lumberjacksmac.com, or you can find me on Twitter at bobbypeas. I also have all my social links on my website. And before we go, uh, what's, your, what's your game? What's your thing of the show? Each one of us. Uh, yes. As we wrap up this episode, I'm going to say Cyberpunk 2077 by a country. Wow. Wow. Mile. Bold. Shocking. Didn't, didn't expect Shocking that. news. Johnny, how about you? Brand new information. Um, I mean, Bobby said Cyberpunk. Uh, yeah. I'll say Final Fantasy VII. Wow. Also, just... Wow, just incredible. Shocking news. I mean, in reality, it's cyberpunk, but I just just to be different (laughs) from Bobby. Uh, I'm I'm kind of the weird one. I don't know if I had one this year. There were a lot of games that I'm relatively excited about, but nothing I think I'm like knocking down the door to care about. I think the honestly the biggest thing that came out of the C3, not necessarily my favorite, not my favorite thing. I'll say Uh, we didn't even mention it. Uh, Microsoft bought Double Fine. They did. I know. I thought about that. So we didn't even talk about that. Now I'm going to have to play my Xbox more, and I don't like it. Although Psychonauts 2 will still come out on PS4. That's, that's nice. Yeah. Fair. Um, yeah. Pretty much it. All right, guys. Well, hey, thank you so much for tuning in. This was a fun episode. Uh, sorry it's a little bit longer, but E3 happens once a year, and we want to make sure that we give you our hot take on it. Uh, appreciate you all so much for your support and let us know what you've been playing. Thanks.